Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, where we take a nostalgic look at a random football magazine from the past. I'm Andy Smith, aka Scotch Footy Cars on Twitter, and with me is Tom Brogan, aka Tom Brogan on Twitter. And joining us this week is Simon Weir, aka Simon Weir One on Twitter. So each episode, we'll invite a special guest to join us in trawling through the magazine and discuss anything contained within it. This could be anything from an article to a photo to a competition to an advert. Basically, if it's in it, we'll talk about it. So sit back and let's shoot the breeze. Might just get the chip and he does, he's scored! Oh, what a great So our special guest this week is Stephen Murray. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming along. Um, My pleasure. It's nice. I think Tom, have you? So Stephen's a podcaster and author of Ten Men Won the League. That's correct. And this book, Kenny of the Celtic. That's Kenny right. of the yeah. Celtic. So uh, I'll ask you a wee bit about this later on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stephen. So okay, so the 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 publication we're going to be talking about. This week is from the 20th of January, 1979, and it's a shoot magazine. So the front cover, we have Ernie Howe of QPR, outjumping David Johnson of Liverpool. Um, noticeable things are 18 pence for the magazine. Obviously, it wouldn't be 18 pence now, but I think we've discussed that. The fact is, if you do one of these index calculation things, it doesn't really give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones were 25 pence and it works out as £1.75 and it's like, is that really what you would pay for these? What I would say at that point is that when I looked at that and I saw it was 18 pence, programmes back in, in that season were 10 pence. Mm-hmm. Ah. So it, for the price of two programmes, if you like, you were getting the shoot, which was far better, oh. for publication than, than, than any of the programmes at the time. Those programmes were kind of littered with adverts. Yeah. 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 And was Match around at the same time? No, that didn't was come that much later? Match came, the Match came out just on. The uh, summer of 79. And was Match cheaper? I think it was at the beginning because it was 20, less colour. Maybe 25 pence, so maybe it was, was a it little really? bit more expensive or maybe that was... One always had more coloured pages than the other one. I think Shoot had the coloured pictures. Was that the way it was done? Oh, you're I, I think they were pretty similar. Is that too questions? much of a difficult question? <laughs> <laughs> this is too early for a difficult question. <laughs> so, so the special features that are uh, mentioned on the front cover as well. So we've got in colour a part two of our FA Cup wall chart. Uh, we've got a Wrexham team group and club spotlight, and we've got a preview of the Football League Cup semi-final. So there's a lot of lot of information in here to to, to whet your appetite. So we'll look at pages two and three. So it's the League Cup semi-finals, first leg ties, and we're actually looking at Nottingham Forest versus Stoke City. It's quite confusing here because the, um, the Watford were there now. I'm trying to think in the, in the semi. I'm sure it was Forest against Watford. So that would have been uh, printed at a time when Forest and Stoke still had their game to play to get into the semi-finals. Yeah, Watford, Watford and Stoke City, the replay. Yeah, they, they actually yeah. make a disclaimer at the top here to say that they're, they're, they're oh, yeah. sorry. Basically, I think they've done it maybe a week or two in advance and they need to get some interviews. So I think by the, by the the billing, the way they've done it, they've obviously thought Stoke City are the more likely. I mean, they're obviously higher up and I think they mm-hmm. were in Division 2, whereas Watford were maybe in Division 3 at the time. Yeah. So I think they pretty much took a punt saying, OK, we think Stoke City are going to be the team to go through. Leeds and Southampton's really interesting because I, I actually remember uh, getting staying up late one night on a school night to watch um, sports night. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it was uh, Leeds were two nothing up, and Southampton came back to two each to get to the final. That must have been the second leg. Yeah. And there was a guy called Steve Williams scored a, f- a fantastic goal that night, twenty five yards right in the top corner. Good man. So there's a little bit. Viv Anderson, as a wee talk, he says, whoever it's, it'll be tough. Whoever we meet, uh, Stoke in the second division, Watford the th- third division, both strong promotion contenders in their in their respective league uh, leagues. Watford had already beaten Man United at Old Trafford earlier in this competition, so they had a bit of form there. In the end, Stoke got promoted from third place and Watford got promoted from so second place. This, so both of them did get promoted. In the season. summer, at the start of this season, Watford had played Claybank in a friendly mm. at Kilbowie and because uh, Watford were in, were in the third division at the time and uh, Watford beat Claybank and went one nothing, and it was, a, it was considered a shock at the time because they were a third division team. But then obviously they went on to knock Man United at the League Cup. Yeah. And there's so, a great picture of uh, Howard Kendall. Kendall. Mm. Well, yeah, more known as a manager for yeah, us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as, 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 as a player, yeah. As a player for Stoke. And Viv Anderson's talking about coming up against them previously as well. Yeah. Viv Anderson was a great player. I saw him play a few times. Mm-hmm. Cracking so, so, Nottingham Forest were the current League champions and the League Cup holders. So, I think it's pretty much safe to say that they were strong favourites to win the competition at the time, as well as obviously go through in this. Um, so there is the thoughts of Howard Kendall and he visualises a tough game for Stoke with the first leg of the semi-final taking place at Forest. Um, Stoke won't go there to do all the, let them do all the, ta- the attacking. But he's realistic and he knows that if they get through the Forest defence, then they have to make the most of the chances. So, you know, it's your basic, your standard responses, you know, we'll go there, we won't take anything lightly, we'll defend, and if we get a chance, then we'll make sure we... It's we easy to forget what a great team Forrest were at that time, because anybody listening to this who's maybe not our age that would be thinking, well, Forrest against Stoke, it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in those days, Forrest were, were outstanding favourite. I mean, they won the European Cup that season. They were an amazing team. Uh, and, and I don't think that that might get missed when, when people are, are, are discussing Nottingham Forest, just what a good team they were. So Sam Ellis also um, talks about it. He's coming from the Watford side and he dreams of meeting Forrest in the semis but actually beating them as well. So they, they're they quite, you know, up and, a, up and at them. Um, I think beating Man U earlier in the season has given them that bit of confidence. Um, Again, it's interesting that all the interviews mentioned Shilton. Shilton, yep. That's the one. That's the one barrier everyone's going to come up against. Mm-hmm. It's mentioned in every single one of these three interviews. Yeah, and and they do. It's like Shelton was like let's let's not beat around the bush. Shelton was a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, Ellis does say that you know as much as Forrest can rely on the qualities of the keeper, there's so much more to them than the rest of the team. So mm-hmm. it's not just about Shelton, but if you get past that defence, you've got Shelton to Absolutely. beat, and that's you know that's something else. So, spoiler alert, um, Watford beat Stoke 3-1 in the replay on 9th of January after extra time, so they went through. So, after everything that Matt, that should have done here, it's Nottingham Forest through with uh, Watford for the semi-final. Leeds United versus Southampton, so they have this thing, this crosstalk, um, which is it's a common thing that they do for big games, cup games, where they will get... Two players, and it's usually, I think it's usually the captains they get, but they'll get two different players, one from each team, and just have this back and forth sort of thing. It's mostly uh, done in quite a relaxed manner. So they've got David Harvey of Leeds United um, talking. And Scotland. And Scotland. Um, now, David was born in Leeds, so, you know, he's born in Leeds. Um, I think his, his father was Scottish, so that's how he, he um, qualified for Scotland. Started off with Leeds 63 
that was Leeds youth team, and then moved to the, the first team, 65 to 1980, so there's quite a while. Um, had a little spell with Vancouver Whitecaps, um, and then just sort of moved about. Now, interestingly, and I didn't know this, he, he had a little spell with Partick Thistle. Um, so it got down that he played one league game, I think. Maybe there was a couple of cup games as well. What year was that been? Um, 1985. So, yeah, that, that was something. That, but he also is down as playing for Morton in 1986 as well. So I, I, I had no idea that he'd actually played in, in Scotland. So mm -hmm. that was quite interesting. Um, he has 16 Scottish caps between 72 and 76. Um, he was a re reserve goalkeeper initially at Leeds during the late 60s and 70s. And he was on the bench when Leeds won the League Cup and Fairs Cup in 68. He was injured in a car crash during the 74-75 season and missed the rest of the season. And when he was at Vancouver Whitecaps, he was involved in another car accident that prevented him playing. Um, and he pretty much struggled to regain his form after that. So he was either just a rubbish driver yeah, or driving. very unlucky. And Great goalie, terrible driver. Yeah. You know, I think we know a lot of stories of the, the sort of driving that took place in those days. Um, and he's got a great face as well. I mean, it's a, it's a sort of Berlin special, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he made his debut for Scotland in a 2-0 win over Denmark. Um, he had a pretty decent Scotland record as well. He won eight, drew four, lost four. So, I mean, that's 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 not bad in anybody's book. Um, he played in the 74 World Cup in Germany. Did he really? Against Zaire, Yugoslavia and Brazil. Yeah. So... Retired at 37 and managed a pub in Stamford Bridge, which is near York, um, and then became a postman. Um, in 94, him and his wife, June, and their five kids bought a 150-year-old stone cottage with 10 acres of farmland on the Sandy in the Orkney Islands, where he worked as a postman again. So, uh, you know, he, he quite fancied the, 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 the postman life. I think he... I think he was quoted as saying that the, the banter in the post office or the, you know, like sorting office, it's rooms. like the changing yeah. rooms. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, he managed to Which find something. players miss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, he suffered a heart attack in December 2009, but re thankfully recovered from it. And an interesting thing, he, he used to breed rabbits for showing. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, it, it's very Yorkshire, isn't it? Isn't it and I don't know how that works, Do you, you know. Here's my rabbit, Aye. you know. So I think that there was a, a thriving uh, breed for show market yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Plenty of ribbons at home. So Chris Nicol, um, he was a centre-back, um, spent most of his days at Aston Villa in Southampton in the, through the 70s and the early 80s. Um, he had 51 Northern Ireland caps. Now, I've not been able to see why he qualified for Northern Ireland, but he was born in Wimslow, Cheshire. Mm -hmm. So there must have been something there. Heritage, probably. Yeah. Mm. So in '74, was that rule in place at the time? Would that have been? I guess it must. Well, have been. we have, we have Bob Wilson was the first Scott, mm. and that was '71. Yeah. So um, you Tommy Dockery's Northern first. Ireland, but we've cotton don't it as well. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, yeah absolutely. But Chris Nicholl, does has come up in your your research, and he scored four goals. Yes. In one in game. In a two-two draw. <laughs> yeah. Scored all the goals <laughs> in a two-two draw. Yeah, that's that's some going, isn't it? Isn't it just? Um. So they have a back, back and forth, which um, Harvey, Har David Harvey points to the, the record, the recent league game against them in which they won 4-0. And incidentally, Ivan Golac scored an own goal that day uh, well, for, Legion, um, for Leeds United against Southampton. Um, Nico doesn't think it was a four-goal game, but how often do players think that? Nico points to he thinks it's Alan Ball who plays for Southampton it's mm -hmm. going to be a lot on yeah, he's the danger man, isn't he? yeah. 
Harvey, huge respect for Ball, but says Leeds have their own players who can cause problems. Um, and Nicol points to Tony Curry okay. as one of these players. Harvey thinks they need to. Sc- uh, he comes across as a lot more confident about this, and he says we need to score as many as we can at the first, the first leg. The, the cup is important as it provides a route to Europe now. Nicol says Leeds are more accustomed to the big game, so we hope that the young players can rise to the challenge and not be overawed by the occasion. So I just back and forth, back and forth, and essentially. The game, first leg, Leeds United 2, Southampton 2. and That was so, the game I remember. Yeah. yeah. So Southampton then won the, the home game 1-0. So Southampton actually put Leeds out 3-2 in aggregate in that. So I guess Alan Ball was on form through that. Mm. Those two games. So Nottingham Forest took on Southampton in the cup final, 17th of March, 79, at Wembley in front of a crowd of 96,952. I mean, just... Just saying that, the sort of crowds that you got back then. Um, Southampton, unusually for the time, didn't have any Scots in their team, um, whereas Forrest had John McGovern, Archie Gamo and John Robertson. Now, it was, for me, it was unusual not to have any at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Frank Gray in the Leeds team as well? What he left? He, he, I mean, he may have been in the squad, but... Yeah, because he's... he's no, Frank, he's, Frank he was a Leeds, he, he went to Forrest yeah, the next season. The next season he went yeah. right. So Southampton took the lead in the 10th minute through David Peach and then a double from Gary Burrows and one from Tony Woodcock, um, put it 3-1. Southampton scored a late goal, never finished, but the game ended, Nottingham Forest 3, Southampton 2. So there we go. So if we turn over the page here, this is a wee treat here. So we're looking at the Panini 79 album. Now this is um, a sort of next week you know, it's going to be in shoot or it's coming soon. And we've got actually got a couple of the, the albums here for the to produce. Uh, but I mean, we could have an entire podcast just oh, talking about the Panini stickers and the albums. Absolutely. And, um, and I'm sure that both Simon and Stephen here, having these in your hands, it, it's mm. it's one thing seeing photographs of them, seeing prints out of them. Actually, to have that in your hands Absolutely. again, it's, it's it just turns the years back as well. I mean, I'm stuck on the Hibernian page because I can't stop looking at the picture of Ali Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Brazil, remember the George Best story about Ali Brazil? Go for it. Ali, so, so George Best, he says he signed for Hibs and he kept looking at him at training. Ali Brazil's going, oh, going on? He's looking at me. George Best kept looking at me. He kept looking at me. He says he was tying his laces and he kept looking at me and looking at me. He's looking. He says, one day eventually he went, Do you know something? He says, I, I've played football all over the world. I've been in many dressing rooms all around the world, all sorts of players from all around the world. But you, Ali Brazil, are the ugliest bastard I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> Ali Brazil, because he said his hair permed at the time. <laughs> and here, uh, here he's got a lovely, he looks kind of like a goth kind of singer of a band, doesn't yeah, he? He's got, he's got, he's got his different look to him. I have to say that, that's a good picture for him. Isn't it? Because <laughs> it was, can I borrow it's your face to rub a bike? Fe- strong that. features there, isn't there? Strong it's... features is the nice way of, of putting it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A, pair, a lot a of them pair. do. I mean, they do look like a team of muggers. Oh, <laughs> Tony Higgins included, Bobby Smith. It's just great, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And of course, our local boy, Jerry O'Brien. Eh? So, I mean, I, I, my memories of the, the painting, so you would get the... The blank album three. I mean, it was a way of getting the album out there, obviously, but it was a way of also selling. So you get them with the magazine, and you maybe get a packet, a free packet of stickers there as well. And over the next couple of weeks, you know, a couple more packets, and then you, you get, get your first doubler straight away. First that was a downside, wasn't it? It was great. The first few packets Absolutely. were magic. And I think, I think these were the. If Tom's got it here, um, with these. 
still the shiny badges or was it the velvety you know, ones? The, the velvety ones, yeah, even nicer. One. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're all th- numbered as well. Yeah, I think they? these are the, the velvety ones. Uh, so I'm looking here at the Motherwell team, and you maybe know this, Stephen, but uh, so David Latchford's brother of Peter, but, yes. and they played, and Bob. It, they played and Bob, against yeah. each other, mm-hmm. they did and, in, in that one season. David Latchford, he, he, he didn't actually last long. It's quite a rare photograph because. He only, he only lasted about six months, Max. Is that right? So Who else did he play for, does it say? He, was, he come from came Birmingham from Birmingham City. City. Yeah. And I think he went back to Walsall in later years. Um, obviously, back down to the Midlands. Oh, the, the, family, though, not Yeah, just about to say that. I mean, Bob Latchford at that time, he, he'd been the Everton page. He was yeah. England centre-forward. He, he was, was a good, good Top, player. top striker. Mm-hmm. But I also remember Bob Latchford was a really yeah. strong, physical... Typical seventy centre-forward, you know, target man. But then, then Peter had the biggest hands you've ever you seen. seen there's a few team photos uh, with Peter where he's obviously missed a few pre-season... <laughs> pre-season <laughs> training <laughs> sessions, yeah. <laughs> So those were the days. If you look, I mean, obviously you can't see this listening to the podcast, but the, the Motherwell team seems to be taken in a mild storm. Gale, yeah, doesn't it? A lot of the hair they kind blown, of look like a folk band blowing about. They're all kind of windswept and interesting, aren't they? It'd be it'd be great if they did it deliberately. They'd had a a fan beside yeah. them just to get the Beyonce yeah. fan, except the manager. Roger Hind, who's obviously gone to a studio for his. Look, <laughs> he's got a lovely blue background <laughs> and just not a hair out of place. You made a good point there about the album being free because that's yeah. clever marketing. Yeah, oh, wasn't it just? Uh, because like, the, the, if you imagine kids all over Britain for, for the, the John O'Groats ride down to Land's End saying to their mother, I've got this free album here. Mm. You get uh, Next time you're in the shop, get me, get me a couple of packets of cards. Well, that's where the money was, wasn't it? And they yeah. must have made a fortune. You know, yeah. it's phenomenal. I mean, back then, I, you know, that sort of thing hadn't really... I remember we, other magazines, kids' mm. magazines, they, they didn't really do things like that. Give, no. give you something so to substantial. Because it, exactly. mm-hmm. it, it came from the, the American baseball cards mm. type thing. You got collectible cards. Yeah. So everyone had the cigarette cards from, you know, the 1890s onwards. Yeah. But there was nowhere to put them after that. And the collections you get that are framed mm-hmm. are lovely. Mm-hmm. But that was the genius, I think, of what Panini did. When was the first one? The first one, I was just going to... The, the first UK one was the season before. Mm-hmm. And so this was just the right. second one that they've been in the That would have been league. January 78, the, yeah. f- the first one. Yeah, I actually remember the first one coming up, I was in primary seven. And it's it's vivid in my recollection that the excitement in the school, yeah. not just, just, just in our school, but the whole area. Yeah. You know, your pals went to different schools. Oh, the other swap places. season of them was great, wasn't it? It was just, it, it was just like the, nothing like this. There, there, there had been English ones before. Uh, I think it's at Top Sailors. Yeah. Do you remember? So. The, yeah, and, yeah. But they weren't as... We weren't as interested in them because, like, good as Leeds and Liverpool were in those days, that mm-hmm. the, it wasn't the Celtic Rangers, Clyde Bank, Partick yeah. Thistle, mm-hmm. and, and the local communities. But this was the first time that you actually opened a page up, and you must have been thrilled at the Clyde Bank one. You know, to, to be honest, looking back, it's it's how you recognise or remember mm-hmm. a lot of the players. Absolutely, it's through the stickers, they're in green the cards, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's yeah, like it's such a because I remember Joe Jordan was born in. Carluke, yeah. John Robertson yeah, was born yeah. in Uddingston. I can still tell you that, and it's from, from the wee and detail the height, that you get. You know, the height of every single one of them as well. <laughs> You've never even seen them in telly, but you knew exactly where they were. And all. even if they lied, which I've since found out a lot of them, mm-hmm. probably not deliberately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so there was a, there was a card with um, Jim Jeffries, and he's been photoshopped into a, It was in 1978, right. and he'd been photoshopped into a, I say photoshop, painted into a Dundee strip, mm-hmm. and he was doing his Dundee. And I remember when I started the Twitter thing, I thought, okay, I can't find anything about him being there. So yeah. eventually he managed to get a hold of him. I think he was at the Vernon at the time. And he says, nah, I've never been to Dundee, never been. He was a one-club man. He's yeah. spent the whole... And they'd also got his his place of birth 
wrong as well. And it's just like, you liars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was lied to. And there was um, a Sandy Burrow and some other, there's two Hearts players, um, Cammy Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I just assumed, ah, oh, that's what he looks like, that's what he looks like. But both of them were Cammy Fraser. Yeah. And you just, you just yeah. take these things for granted. No, the, the album here is free and, and it's getting advertised in the magazine, but it makes me a wee bit sad in as much as the, I remember at the time that that was a death knell for the traditional football cars with the chewing mm. gum. Yeah. Because they couldn't compete. But, but, but if you're getting that album and, and you're getting to stick your, your, your stickers in the album, it's one or the other, isn't it? It's so yeah. exciting. Whereas if you just get these cards, that there's nowhere to put them and, and, and you know, your, your math was a moot or whatever, right? It, 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 it makes me a wee bit sad because I, I was brought up with the football cards. I love the stickers, right? Yeah. But, you know, that, that, that this was the, the I think it was the last, you'd know better than me because you collect them, but yeah. 79, I think, was the death knell of the AB, traditional Tops or ABC, Top, whatever it was at that yeah, time. Yeah, so, so Tops came <clears> through, <throat> um, and it's a good point you make because actually, after this, the cards started to go into those three, three in a card, so it was a card, but it was like three yeah, different, yeah, and yeah. it was, you know, slim cards that you would yeah. you would tear off, and mm-hmm. I always hated that. I, mm-hmm. that. For me, that was like, they did two years like that, and it was just like, it just can't be bothered now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But also pointing back to this, so the, the year before this album here and this year, you've got, I think for most of the Scottish teams, you've got a double page in, in this one, full-size yep. stickers. That's right. And the year before, it was, apart, I think Celtic and Rangers had double pages. Most of the other ones, I think, had single, single pages. Page. But again, they were full-size stickers. Mm-hmm. After that, it was like two, two, two stickers. Players. Yeah. And it was just, I remember feeling... Cheated. It's mm-hmm. like, right, okay, is this, is this? But what they were doing at that point is, I think they were trying to include the, the, a player and a team group for the, the second division yeah, teams. Yeah, they did. They so did. They, they were trying to, and, and that probably marginalised the Scots mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, space that, yeah. that they were due. So, no, it's, a good, it's a good point. I mean, the, that, that's the thing. So there was Dumbarton, there was East Fife and thing, team mm-hmm. photos, which which gives them, but I still think there was there was room. Yeah, yeah. Or there, there could have been room to do that. I think I think the scope was there, but I, I take your point about it did, it did make it the cards. It killed off the cards, I It think. made them think yeah. about, you know, how are we going to... You can't compete. And it's probably the reason they did the three on a card was to make it cheaper for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because the numbers certainly... So the numbers of physical cards was, mm-hmm. was maybe... Just say sixty, mm-hmm. but if you times that by three, it becomes one hundred and eighty, and they think that we're going to swallow that. I know, but I, know. I think yeah, that didn't happen. The other interesting thing to note is, and, and I don't if you, if you know this, you, you might find this an, an interesting fact is, uh, I remember speaking to Bobby Murdoch's widow one day, mm-hmm. and she was talking about the, the cards that players get a a, a a payment. Yeah. So did I, she remembers the wee check coming through f- from the company. Uh, which is something that I think as boys when we were collecting them mm. it wouldn't have crossed our minds no. that, 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 that the players image would actually rights. get yeah. um, reimbursed for, for probably the first indication of image rights yeah. Yeah. but coming to the fore because if you were going to have a, a football card collection well you're wanting Jimmy Johnson you're wanting John Gregg you're wanting Kenny Douglas you want the big stars of the time uh-huh. and, and you want to ensure they're there but I often wonder did they get more well, you know, did everybody just get an equal cut it's interesting you say that because this coming back to Jim Gallagher, when I met him, mm. um, and as, as we know, if you don't know, you're going to hear about it over and over and over. Jim Gallagher's my hero. And um, met, when we discussed about the stickers and stuff at one of the, the Clydebank sporting dinners, I remember, I'm thinking he says he got a fiver. It was five pound that they got him mm-hmm. to come and take a photograph and things like that. And, you know, I think I maybe just assumed that they used stock images or things like yeah, that, but they actually yeah, yeah. came out and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. did these shots. So, 
you're right. It's I think it was probably the first time that he'd ever been given any money for for uses of, of his image. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think I've read the also stories about um, George Best maybe started mm-hmm. turning the notch up a wee bit as well that after these sort of things. Else. Yeah, then uh, yeah, but you know, to the degree it makes sense because he's the one for a lot of people it's going to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so the the, the stickers I remember. Remember getting them, you know, but the difference between the cards and the stickers would be you could you could play Wally, yeah, you call it yeah, Wally. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you would you know you and maybe a couple of people would throw the cards against the wall. One other be interesting thing about playing Wally is uh, if you get a stoner, you won. A, a David Donner, all the, right? the older you go, stoner. But, <laughs> <laughs> that, that quickly uh, yeah, oh, so that was the bench after that. The older so you go, the more of a win it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, things like that. So. And I've 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 noted this before. For me, um, I mean, I've got some mint sets of cards and things, but I prefer cards where they've got the bends and the, the yeah, you know, the lines. They've been the, you know, you know that they've been played and mm-hmm. they've been thrown and you know they've been thrown up in the air and they've been stuck in a bucket and meddled about. I I prefer that than these things that are just you know like look cleaning. as though they've just mm-hmm. came off a printer because it, you're, you're thinking. Actually, are these real? They're that good. You're thinking, are they real? So give me... I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't take a mint set, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I would also take... See, you surprised me because you, you're the, the, the guy on Twitter who's the no. ultimate collector. Yeah. And I thought that yours would have been in pristine condition. Oh, no, no, no. It, I mean, it's only it's only relatively recently that I've started putting the cards and stuff into plastic sleeves. Mm-hmm. They'd normally just be wrapped up with... Um, a band. A band, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, or, or lying about, but... I'm only putting them in there because it makes it easy to scan them if they're, they're in a, a plastic wall mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, as I say, I prefer, like say, the, I wouldn't, I want the wee rips. I want mm-hmm. the wee rips, the wee tears, the bends. You know, I want all that because that's what, if I look at them, that's what takes me back mm-hmm. rather than looking at a pristine card. I would think, yeah, it doesn't mean it. I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of it all, but I prefer the lived mm-hmm. in. The loved, yeah, so that'll do. That'll do for me. <laughs> so we're going to move on to page five here, and they look at some League Cup shocks. So obviously we, we talk about Watford um, having already beaten Man United. Um, so they go into there's some photographs um, of some shocks that were in the the League Cup. The first one, Swansea versus Spurs. So ended two two at Swansea before the Swans came to White Hart Lane and won three one which was an impressive result. Um, the next one, Rotherham versus Arsenal. Um, Rotherham ditched Arsenal out with a 3-1 home win. Uh, Luton Town versus Aston Villa. Luton Town went to Villa Park and beat them 2-0. And Sheffield United, with a big scalp, beat Liverpool 1-0 at home. There's a photo of Kenny there mm. in the Liverpool strip. That's a really unusual Liverpool yeah. strip. White jersey, white socks. Sorry, white jersey, white shorts, red socks. Mm-hmm. That's an unusual... Uh, Combo. Mix yeah. combo for, for Liverpool at the time. That's really unusual to see them wearing that. Would that have been a clash, you think, at the time? Yeah, too much red and white in the Sheffield yeah, exactly. strip beyond. Uh, what would normally happen is Liverpool would have the black shorts. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, with Sheffield playing in the black, black shorts, shorts, then exactly. Liverpool had to, had to wear white. I, th- I think I think the strangest combination I've ever seen was a Liverpool one, and you've probably seen this. Aye, aye. But they've got the. They played Watford, I think. Watford, the yeah. yellow, Watford the yellow shirts, yellow red shorts, yeah. red socks, and Liverpool's away was all yellow, and their home was all. Red, red. Uh-huh. So they wore the home shirt with last season's black, black 
uh-huh. shorts yeah. and yellow socks. Yellow socks. Uh, so nothing that, matches. It's like I prefer that. Uh-huh. I prefer it's like just make something up Absolutely. and see what you come but out with. Do you remember when you were a kid, right? You, you know, when you were a certain age, you might have four or five football strips yeah. because if anything like me, you get one for your birthday, you get one for your Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But you, you didn't get them. It wasn't the kind yeah. of thing. Now you just go and automatically mm-hmm. buy a jersey at the club shop. So you're waiting for Christmas and for birthday, and you'd end up with four or five strips. And if you were playing football on a certain day, like that, that you, you would you might have the, um, the the Scotland white white one on, mm-hmm. uh, white shirt on, and then you might wear the, the Celtic shorts, and you might wear Man City socks. But it's a mad combination, but as a wee boy, it was quite exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a five-a-side team now. Yeah. Get any five-a-side, that's exactly what you see. Uh-huh. Scotland it's jersey, like Celtic shorts. But now that they have to be, it has to be the perfect replica. Yeah. Oh, I know. Sock I know, tape I know, and stuff like that as well. Just walking walking down the street and they've got sock tape on. Mm-hmm. Get a grip, people. Because yeah. we'll come on to that in a wee minute. There's adverts for the strips later on. Yeah. You know, good ones. Yeah. So... Page six, getting back into Europe is Liverpool's priority, declares Dave Johnson. So Dave Johnson started off at Everton in 1969, up to 72, scored 11 goals. Uh, he was a striker. He then went to Ipswich Town, scored 35 goals over four seasons. And then he spent six years at Liverpool where he scored 55 over 148 games, which is a pretty good return. Um, he went back to Everton for a couple of years. Went to Barnsley on loan, Man City on loan, Tulsa Roughnecks on loan, Preston. So I think at that point, you know, he was sort of bouncing about trying to find somewhere and ended up at Barrow as a player manager. And um, he's got eight English caps as well with six six goals. So I mean he's, Can I make a confession here? Uh-huh. He, I don't know about yourselves, but was there ever a player when you were a boy, right? And and there's no doubt he must have been a class act. And as much as you don't get to play with Liverpool and Everton yeah, yeah. and win caps for England, but he was one of the guys I looked at at Liverpool team and went, how does he get a game? Mm. Because I just never rated him. And it's just a personal thing. I don't have any example that I can give you that, that he did anything yeah, uh, obvious. Yeah. obvious. But, you, but it's just training uh, with him every day. I, I don't know what it is. I just used is, to look yeah. at him and go, he's a weak link in that team. You know, yeah, it, yeah. He's got kind of loose up front lane boys on a plate every week. And he's got Soonis behind that and Terry McDermott and all these great players. Scoring, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just remember thinking that, that he's no, he's no very good, you mm. know, and, and it sounds crazy to say it, but that my recollection of him is thinking as a boy, he's not that great. I mean, but the thing is, when you look, I mean, six international goals in yes, eight games, exactly, and the, yeah. the rest he's, you know, he, he scores goals, so that's what you want from a player. So apparently Bill Shankly wanted to sign him from Everton as a youngster, but Harry Catterick, an Everton manager at the time, wouldn't listen to any offers. He was swapped for Rod Belfort in 72 and joined Bobby Robson at Ipswich. He helped him win the Texaco Cup the first season there and he scored twice against Wales in his England debut um, before joining Liverpool in 75. Did he score against Scotland in 75? Um, I'm sure he played that. Did he really? have scored? I don't know. I, I don't I don't have that information. <laughs> but if you don't have it, it means he has not Well, edit that in later, you, of course. No, no. If, if, if you have the answers, can you write in... Yeah, exactly. On a letter, on the back yeah. of a postcard. Back of a postcard, please, yeah. yeah. And include an SAE. Yeah, to BBC to... Pebble Mill. You checking away that W12 8QT. It was always that. <laughs> it wasn't the saddest swaps up. W12 8QT. Every time. There's you a, never answered. Mid- Middlesex was always a place that was mentioned in Middlesex. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, And it was like, it seemed this mythical place. Middlesex. Mythical place, I don't know. Biology class. That's a manager to our Middlesex. Um... He currently, apparently, he, st- he currently works at Anfield hosting corporate lunches, so we know what that mm. means. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, just having a wee drink in match day. Um, 
he won with Liverpool, he won the league title in 76, 77, 78, 79, 79, 80, he won 82, so four, four league titles. Two League Cup victories, he won four charity shields, one of which was shared. Um, three European Cups. Mm-hmm. Good going. I you think know, that's not a bad medal selection. A good CV. Such a weak link. In <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. They could have won. <laughs> a good strike. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the um, he was getting. I know. And then they won the UEFA Super Cup as well, just <clears> to <throat> throw that in there as well. So just in, in the article we're talking about, that he's, last season he was determined, he did ligament damage and he was determined to get back. Um, he recalls it happened a game against Leicester. Steve Sims made a what he said was a fine challenge, but his knee was injured. Um, he was worrying up period after the operation. But I think it sort of says he wasn't sure how he was progressing at the time. And, and I'm sort of thinking, was this maybe because, you know, operations to repair ligament damage back then? Maybe, you know, it was probably still in its early stages mm-hmm. if it was, you know, you, ligament damage for a lot was a career at yeah, a career ender. Yeah. So maybe it was still at the, the start of actually working Sport, out. Sports science is yeah, what they call yeah, it. Yeah. So. And it would have been cortisone injections and things before that, you know, mm-hmm. to keep him playing. So he's yeah. probably played for six months with it, you know. Yeah. So he, he came back, a lot of work, exercise. Um, but he says the priority for Liverpool is to get back into Europe after they got put out early in the season. I think they got put out in Nottingham Forest right. that season. They did. Yeah. Um, now, the interesting thing with that was, firstly, Two English teams at this point been in it, but obviously Liverpool would have been the the champions the year before and Forest were in, in title holders. But it was really early as well. Which, the first rounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So no seeding in those days either. Yeah, I, I love that. Everybody yeah, went in the hat together. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Just throw them in and pick them out. You know, it's, it's very similar to Celtic one and we're knocked out the first, yeah, first round. Care. Absolutely. So a quote from it that I pick it and it says, Kenny and I quickly de- developed an understanding without having to work at it. So you know, I think but it must be easy Kenny play. can play with anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. easy to play with Kenny Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's uh, still you, not convinced, are you? Well, he did it for Dixie Deans and he did it for Ian Russell <laughs> later here. So it's, uh, the, the common yeah. denominator is Kenny. It's Kenny. Yeah. And you're perfectly right, Stephen. He did, uh, David Johnson did score against Scotland. May 1975, England 5, Scotland 1. Oh, you impressed. Wow. Yeah. He scored the fifth goal. Mm-hmm. We were 2 to hundred after seven minutes. Yeah. What we like, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, page six and seven, we're moving on to a red letter day at Anfield. Ray Clemens talking soccer. So, Ray Clemens is a man of very few clubs. Um, started off at Scunthorpe, 1965 to 67, played 48 games. Went to Liverpool, 67 uh, till 81, sco- uh, played 470 league games, and then went to Spurs and played 240 league games. So, you know, he's pretty much a, not one of these players who just bounce about. Um, this was a great time for goalkeepers as well, oh, you know, when they were with, they were great with two and three clubs at the mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. Shilton and, and Clems as well. And there's a great picture of them here and it says, oh, Peter Shilton and I are great friends and rivals and it looks like he's hooking them. <laughs> They've got these great Admiral tracksuits on, but like he's given them one there, didn't he? Yeah. Shilton's has taken it of course. There must have been, um, Mutual respect, certainly, but there must have yeah. been great competition. Oh, because totally. no, nobody Could you imagine them in training? Aye. And, and the thing as well is, it's not like being an outfield player where you can maybe you can Absolutely. push somebody into fullback or push them into midfield. Yeah. You're a goalkeeper, you're a goalkeeper. That's it. You're in or you're out. Mm-hmm. But I also, also think with the two of them, that you don't get that, that good and that successful by just mm-hmm. accepting being second Absolutely. best, yeah. do you? Because you're in the reserves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're playing the stiffs in empty stadiums. Yeah. That's the thing. You're not taking this part of the squad yeah, then. Yeah. You're. you're Reserve team football, so... Yeah. Well, one of the craziest things was Ron Greenwood, run about that time, mm-hmm. um, and maybe just a wee bit later, alternated them. 
It actually, it right? did, it doesn't matter who they play, the, the, the first game it would be Clemens, the second, uh-huh. Shelton, Clemens, Shelton, Clemens, Shelton. And even as a wee boy, I remember thinking, that's just crazy stuff because managers are there to pick the best players, right? And, and to me, that, that was a dereliction of duty in uh-huh. Greenwood's part because he, he was taking, he was opting out. Yeah. You know, rather than, than it, obviously somebody would take the off, right? Then he get picked. But I don't know if you remember that as well. It, it was like I think alternate it, games. Yeah, the, the, it talks about this um, later on, actually. There's this dramatic headline about why I won't play for England. Mm-hmm. And it's basically because it's going to be alternated. So it's, mm-hmm. he's, no, he's not playing in the next game. But I think part of the reason that Ron Greenwood had decided that was um, there was talk about it was going back to when Peter Benetti played in the 1970 World Cup. So Banks got injured, I think, through the tournament, and Benetti came in, and it was cold. Cold, that's right. And yeah. you know he hadn't played very short notice as well. He like didn't get any. I think yeah. only day of the game Banks took. So I, I think that's his thinking around it. But I, I, yeah. I, you know, I think I agree with you, Stephen. It's like you know, be brave, make a decision. That's mm-hmm. your job. That's your your job's not to placate players just for their egos. Make a decision. I mean, it was say. the same with the Bankies when it was Jim Gallagher and Colin King. I mean, how do you choose between them? I don't know how you choose. I, well, I do actually. You choose Jim, irrespective of who else he's up against. So Clemens got 61 caps, well, and Shelton got 125, mm-hmm. became England's highest ever cap holder. And you think about that, like you were saying, mm-hmm. they were alternating and Shelton still went on to yeah. win more caps yeah, than anybody else. Right. And you had guys like Joe Corrigan and Phil Parks, and Jimmy Rimmer, Nigel well, Spinkley, all about that all got nine caps, mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. caps kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just on... He was signed from Southampton, Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe for £18,000 by Bill Shankly. So 1967, I mean, I think that was a, a good bargain for Liverpool mm. that day. Um, he was appointed an MBE in 87. Um, his son, Stephen, played for Spurs, Birmingham and Leicester City before retiring through injury. And his daughter, Sarah, has managed to ex-Scotland international Dougie Friedman. Ooh, there we go. Good research there. There's a great wee signature as well. I used to love these Mm. things. You get the autograph at the end of the article, you know, and then it's the real one. Mm -hmm. So just on his honours, one, two, three, four, five first division titles with Liverpool. FA Cup, just a one. Just a one League Cup. It's a bit, you know. Uh, One, two, three, four, five charity shields. Three European Cups, two UEFA Cups, and one Super Cup. It's one of the transfers that sticks in my mind as well because he, he was so synonymous with Liverpool. Yeah. And for him to go to Spurs, I remember thinking at the time, why would you do that? I mean, Liverpool mm. are like the best team in Europe for about the, the previous decade and the peak of their success. Why, why would you want to leave? It's, yeah. it's a, a, a bit interesting to see what the reason was for. Well, I mean, there's big personalities at both clubs as well. I mean, you're Jennings before, mm-hmm. you know, at Spurs as well. And it's like, so I mean, talking about keepers, you had Jennings, you had Shelton, you had. Clemens, I mean, the Grobbler coming through, yeah. mm-hmm. obviously. Liverpool. I think it's yeah. the time Clemens has left. What I remember, Liverpool won the league against Spurs. And, yeah, and yeah. I remember Clemens 82. going to the cop yeah. mm-hmm. and the cop applauding them. Yeah, that yeah, day. And yeah, I think, yeah. was, think Liverpool won 3 1 that day. Mm-hmm. So the article itself actually, Ray talks about Liverpool ending Nottingham Forest 42 match unbeaten run the previous month. He says the Forest games are up there with the Merseyside derby. Formerly games against Leeds United, they are now the team to beat. So I mean, Forest were the Forrest team to were, beat. Forest yeah. were, um, said Forest had the better of the fix in the recent history. Um, after that, Ray thinks there was a re- level of relief, and we can maybe talk about Celtic with this. He thinks there was a, a relief in the players after they got beat because they didn't have to maintain. Shoulder that. It's yeah. like I mean, it was a big thing, and he thinks actually in the game that 
they were sort of holding back and defensive because they just didn't want to get beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and even after Liverpool went up and 2 0 up, they didn't come out and attack. And he thinks they, they never came into the lounge afterwards and he thinks that was through Brian Clough. But he does think there was this relief that, you know, thank goodness that's over. Let's start in the next yeah. run. You know, so I, I don't know. Is that is that something with Celtic's big run that maybe was talked about at all? I think as a supporter that, that there comes a point as each game goes, if it gets to 20 games and then 30 games and then 40 games and you think, well, it's going to end sometimes. Yeah. And you almost get a feeling of doom some games you go to, well, this is the day, this is the, you, you get it into you, you're now that much transfer to the players. Yeah, yeah. there's a the, karma the, thing yeah. as well, isn't it? They start to think this, this can't continue. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because it has to end sometimes. Yeah. But and the relief thing I'm not sure about because... Obviously, like, if you get to 40, you want 41, and then you want 42. So mm-hmm. there would be a sense of disappointment in it, but um, it's just been the slate swipe, swipe clean. Absolutely. I think there's a pressure, a different pressure release. The same if you're cup holders with something as well. And like Celtic, you get knocked out early. There is that kind of thing going on. You've got to rebuild again and focus on the league. Mm-hmm. There was another story. Was it not Shelton, at, again, speaking to Brian Clough, was it not when he took over at Forest and said to Shelton, Shelton was swan about, they took his jersey? It was green jersey, and he went, it's only number one here, son, and it's me. So that's why he wore a green jersey. Yeah, that's that's. that's. Mm. And that came from Shilton, because mm-hmm, Shilton mm-hmm. was about, apparently. So just in, in the article towards the end as well, talking about who um, Forrest have come up against in Europe, and Rangers were still in a mix at this point, so they'd beaten Juventus 2-1 in the first, first round, over two legs, and then beat PSV Eindhoven in the next round as well, before beating defeated by Cole. So if, if they defeated the Germans, they'd have met Norton Forest in the semi-finals. So, uh, of course, just before um, Rangers get drawn against uh, Cologne, Claybank had beat them in a friendly. We beat them 4 nothing at Kilbawi with Frank McDougall scoring three goals. And I think it was the next day was, was the draw and John Gregg was asked, who do you want in the draw? And he said, anybody but Claybank. <laughs> <laughs> In, in a serious note, the, um, that Rangers team, that, that, that was two of the best results Scottish clubs ever got in Europe at that point. I mean, Juventus had something like 10 out of the 11 of the Italian team that played in the 78 World Cup. And likewise with PSV Eindhoven, the, 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 maybe known the, 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 uh, so many household names, but the, the, the Van der Kerkhoff brothers and, and guys that were really um, notable players at, at that period. So when... When you win your first two ties, you're in the quarterfinals. Mm. So they've got Cologne in the quarterfinals. And the bit sticks in my mind about the Cologne game is the the first leg they lost one nil in Germany, but the second leg there was a snowstorm. So the game was to be played on a Wednesday. The, the European rules are if you can't play it on that day, you have to play it 24 hours later. So they played it 24 hours later, but all the Cologne fans, their flights had been booked. <laughs> and they, they gave their tickets away for nothing to Rangers supporters. But so I remember right? at the time thinking, that's really magnanimous. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, they must be gutted. You spent all that money to go and watch a game. Yeah, and in those days, it was really expensive to travel abroad. It's not like, it was near Ryanair yeah. and EasyJet in these days. Oh, certainly. So the, to, to, it? to give your tickets away as a, a gesture of goodwill was quite uh, something. So in the end, um, Forrest went on to play Malmo in the, the cup final and won 1 0 thanks to a Trevor Francis goal which I, th- I believe was a header. Um, so 
Well done, not Malmo had a player in Prince that went to Rangers. Yep. And, so, and, and, yeah. Pollock. and Pollock. Yeah. And Pollock. Yeah, yeah, played, with Pollock. played with Pollock in his 40s. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Late 40s was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he was still playing, he was not kicking about with the juniors and still playing fives and things as well. I, I remember 50s. him playing in the, the tenant sixes competition. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, that yeah. as well. But he'd he, blowing guy with curly hair. Yeah, he was a good player, actually. Yeah, yeah. He probably um, he played in a poor Rangers team, though. Yeah. If he'd have came a few years later, he'd have been a bigger star. Yeah. So just on page eight here, um, it's an advert, free programme catalogue, Steve L <laughs> programmes. So, I mean, basically, Steve L, I think, I'm not a programme collector. And as said before, I don't want to get into programmes because it's a bottomless pit. I know. At least, you know, with magazines, you know there's an end. With cards, you know there's an end. Stickers, you know there's an end. I've got boxes and boxes and programmes. I used to collect them and you would get sort of... Maybe you used to buy albums and you'd get 10 mystery albums and these would be record shops. That'll be what this is here. 50 of them and you'd be like, Barnsley, this is great. So In this day and age, though, it has to be noted that the programmes were developing from really what were eight-page... Pamphlets. Pamphlets with yeah. adverts and, and team lines in it mm-hmm. to brochures. You know what yeah, I mean? The, 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 the Aberdeen in Scottish terms were ahead of the game. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, their they, programme around about that time was fantastic. And the big English teams, Man City in particular, won all the awards at that, that time because they were so far ahead of the game. Right. The Man United one was always lovely as well because the yeah. two old-fashioned players at the top. Yeah, you're shaking hands. The badge. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. I mean, again, I'm, I'm going back in this nostalgic trip thing here, but... Some of the programmes now are just like, there's, there's no... No character. Yeah. No, no not at all. It's, it's all just, it's, it's perfect. Everything's yeah, done it's too perfect. plastic yeah. you know, Then you felt like it was the love of the club. It was something from the club you got when you bought a programme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much local adverts. I love yeah, the adverts yeah. in it. Pie shops and bus companies and all that. Yeah. So as I say, Steve L here, is, he's a bit of a, you know, if you collect programmes, you probably know Steve L. Um, at this 2018 in July... The last I heard that he was looking to sell his collection, which Sorry. was basically two floors of a warehouse. Yeah. Um, with a I bit had of, these many times. With yeah. about a million. He's got about yeah. a million yeah. programmes. So I hope you've got rid of them, Steve, but um, I don't think he would have. No, if he's he he selling them on eBay, you know, singly, that'll take away. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think I think we're all wanting to go into this next one. So oh, there's Umbro, yeah, official yeah. team strips, Smallcom Sports Company. So... It's black and white, which doesn't lessen it any way at all. But it's it's a wee boy, and he's he's standing there dreaming, and he's wearing the Scotland top for me, of the Scotland time. strip of all time. You know, it's your your classic Umbro stripes, the big white collar, Scotland badge, blue top, white shorts, red socks, and he's wearing a smashing pair of. Umbro. What surprises me here is that this is an English firm that's advertising. Yeah. What is it? Small, small coming. Yeah. Is that, is yeah, 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 it's, it's Essex. Essex, yeah. Essex. No. Look at the jersey they've chosen. Yeah, but, but why would it not be the England one? I think it was a design classic, uh-huh. this one. Mm-hmm. That, that was the thing. That, that leapt off the shelves everywhere. The double mm-hmm. diamonds, but even the ball. Mm-hmm. The 1970 yeah. ball is mm-hmm. even just, it's just, that is football. As a boy, you buy this, yeah. that just sells it to you. Mm-hmm. So the England national team was admiral yeah, at that, at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, again, it wouldn't be an umbro ad, but... It, do you know, the years when I saw, it was years before this, but there was a, a little article, a similar... So this is, the, the ball's got like black, um, what do you call them? Panels. Pa- panels. Black panels, black and white panels. It's not like the the tango or anything like that. But there was an article that there was there was uproar about the introduction of this ball and it was like, people were like... Because it wasn't oh, all white. No, just because it was different. 
Yeah, it was black and white, and it was like, oh no, you, you can't see it yeah, properly. Goalkeepers and can't see like it coming in. Yeah. It's like you can't, you can't imagine. I think that was called the Telstar. Yes, the, right. the, the official yeah, yeah, title. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, what sort of prices are we talking about there as well? Um, we have uh, chest sizes from 26 mm. to 28. The complete outfits. Let's, let's, go the, let's go the biggest. Jersey chest only, size, uh, 490. Before. We have a 38 to 40 incher. <laughs> £10.80 for the complete outfit prices. But the jersey only, £6.40. A bargain at any, yeah, any price. Yeah, and I mean, it does mention other teams there. Liverpool, Man City, mm-hmm. Chelsea, yeah. Villa. But there's a few of them that, I don't know, for me... And Scotland goalies I mean, I think well. was... I don't think Rangers are mentioned in this one, but... At this point, for me, if a team was with Umbro and didn't have the stripes, they were missing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. They were missing out. You know, mm-hmm. and, and Rangers were at one point were Umbro, but they didn't have the stripes. And I, you yeah. know, I think yeah. they missed out on a potential oh, real classic strip. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've said before, I think, me personally, you just, I, I've wanted to buy a, a roll that just double diamonds yeah, yeah. and just put them on no, stuff no, it just look great yeah mm-hmm. the great makes... design now as a t-shirt it would still work now as a t-shirt yeah. for guys yeah. retro. as well retro. Retro, retro would absolutely work and the only time against Celtic Umbro at the time as well mm-hmm. but it would never looked right it, the double diamonds looked great on the tracksuits and the yeah. green cup final tracksuits would never look right but, but they had the chain strip at the time exactly, look, yeah. which was very iconic because it was green but, but yeah. with a white uh, pi- uh, absolutely double, uh, and it was a white one with a green one as well oh didn't have it it was a no, pinstripe no, that, that, was that, later. Was, that, was, yeah. that came later but the, the point I would make here is that, that, that this English firm has chosen to uh, market a, a Scottish strip mm-hmm. and, and I think that by us qualifying for 74 and 78 yeah, World yeah. Cup the Scots profile was at a very, very high stock. Yep. And also the fact that the best players in England at the time, frankly, were the likes of Dublish yeah. and John Robertson and Alan Hansen. Yeah. And that was the strip they wore. So the, the, we boys, even, even English boys, yeah. would, would, would probably have saw a lot of Scotland, Scotland strips. playing live football in World Cup finals. Yeah. Doing very well, I have to say, but that, that, that's a different argument. But And, and seeing that he, if you were a Liverpool fan that, that, yeah. and you love Kenny, then you wouldn't have thought nothing about maybe buying the, the, the Scotland strip See, at number seven. I think, I think actually... The launch of that was Kenny Douglas was involved in the launch 76. of that, that strip. Yeah. So, you know, they, they kept it for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. this is now another season yeah. after, and it's been an unsuccessful World Cup for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And yet, look, it's still the primary strip that's advertised. In the, the it, biggest should, it should never magazine. change. It should yeah. be that. Yeah. But if you notice, actually, I think it that. mentions the two goalkeeper tops as well, mm-hmm. the yellow ones. Yeah. When the, well, the yellow one for Scotland, and it mentions Everton as well, but it's yeah. not part of that. <laughs> but for me, Again, it's one of the, the greatest goalkeeper strips oh, of absolutely. all time as well. Wow, it's just, I mean, until I stopped playing a few years ago, I was I was like, I'm, I'm trying to source one of those. And I'd wear it, I'd wear it in a yeah, game. Yeah. Absolutely, when they give it a second thought, it'd obviously have to be a bit bigger. They have to go unmade, my dear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I get two of them, I get two of them, I'll get a big one, aye. So... There was a great, um, I had a great Alan Ruff one, a silver one as well. I had a silver mm. one, I had a yellow, I had every one of them. Mm. Loved them. Mm-hmm. And the away strip, do you remember the away strip, the red away strip then as well? Well, I, I had the white one of the diamonds. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Me being me, I had to be different in the days. And, mm. and, and I remember getting taken up to Robert stores in 1977, from, in the middle of summer for my birthday. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember, you know how we had the Robert stores, the, the, the strips all over the walls? It was basically Arsenal mm-hmm. there, and it went all the way around to Wolverhampton, alphabetical order. And as soon as I saw the white one, I thought, oh no, the blue one can go, because this white yeah, one looks yeah. even better. It was, I, I wish I'd have kept it. Well, there was a, there was a, a photograph I posted um, just recently of a bunch, set of fans, Scotland fans in Argentina, mm-hmm. and one of them had on a long sleeve white one. 
was long and sleeves as well. And so it's yeah. just like, uh-huh. oh, you'd wear that out into clatty pats or something, man. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It was like, you would wear that out. Uh-huh. Um, so, Scotland, please don't deviate from affection. Yeah. There's no need. Mm-hmm. Or go with Adidas and get the originals. That'd be the Scotland jersey I'd love to see. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the trefoil, that'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. You could really do something with that—a retro Scotland jersey. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted Celtic to have that that, that kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that kind of Sanetian kind of yeah, Celtic thing. Yeah. Been great, a European mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I was thinking about this just the other day. Actually, it's strange how, and I don't know if it's maybe been, you know, it's been a thing that's developed in our minds over time. But you take one of those stripes away, it doesn't look as good, does it? No, not at all. You put like say we have no, a, you put like a fourth one on. You put a fourth one on, doesn't oh, it look exactly. good? Yeah. There's something... There's the I'm going to digress slightly here, I'll just, just for 10 seconds. There's a film that I found on, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? I think, I'm sure it's Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know Amazon, what's the one that makes the programmes? You can, it's, it's no Netflix, Net- the other one. Amazon... Yeah. Amazon Prime, Amazon right, Prime, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and it's a story, it's a, it's a German film, and it tells the story of the two brothers. Oh, the Dasslers. And, and yeah. apparently there's bits during the war that they, 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 were, they were anti-Nazi, but yeah. I think they were coerced into um, helping the Nazis out in terms of like, sporting equipment and stuff like that. It looks, it looks tremendous. Yeah. So it is, and I've never heard it before now, yeah. and I'm dying to see it. See when you see the trailer, phenomenal stuff. And they fall out in later years, and that's how Puma becomes Puma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Adidas and they uh, built the factory right across going. the river from. And they never spoke till the day they died. Well, they you know never what spoke. I mean? It was the Pelly thing, wasn't it? That was the big thing. I don't really know the reason. That's why yeah, I'm so the, interested. The reason the they, so they said so they had a fight. They fallen out, mm. and so Adi Dassler kept Adidas and moved mm. that across the road. And his brother, who's Hugo or something, was his Rudy, name. Yeah, Rudy, 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 Rudy. Yeah. He moved across the and across the river and built a factory mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Tell you what, when it comes to the World Cup, nobody goes near Pelly." I said, we just leave Pelly as we just we make an agreement on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And Pelly went down to tie his shoelaces with a TV world television on top of him. Mm-hmm. He's wearing pumas. Well, two of them never spoke again, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying to see that. That, that, that. That's again, I think, interests me. Yeah, it's, it's, I'd, be, I'd be more. It's, it's the thing, it's, it's like Cruyff falling out with Adidas as well yeah, and yeah, stripping yeah. off one mm-hmm. stripes, all his jerseys, about two. So even when Toffs do mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. copies of it, it's, it's the, the two. Cruyff. It's the two, right, the two yeah. stripes. Yeah. And then when you get to the cup final and you see the boots coloured uh-huh. in in the 67 uh-huh. cup final. Uh-huh. That's right. And, the, you know, the week before the, the boots were painted. Painted three stripes on Yeah, because right. they'd done a deal, the other Puma boots, but they'd done a deal with Adidas. Mm-hmm. And so there you are. And see, I, I think that there's a there's a train of thought that the strips and things that you're most, you know, that you remember the most and remember the best, it's, it's because of, it relates to a victory or something mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, with the Scotland thing... It's Beautiful defeat. That, that, just, just, that jersey was the perfect jersey, especially when you look at the World Cup version with the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, yeah the fancy badge. Yeah, yeah, just the, that. The, the oversized badges. As I was well, going to wear it tonight. Actually, yeah. that's, that's the one. I just yeah, I made a wee subtle change at the end. It's just a wonder thing. It's <laughs> aesthetic. You know, the, the, it wasn't it's just pleasing a in every one. way. You, you can look it? at the, the the classic Brazil one for yeah. nineteen seventy. With, with, with the yellow and the green, the pale the blue shorts. It's that. just, in terms of a mixture of colours, it's perfect. It's the 82 uh, Brazil strip yeah, as well. Yeah, just yeah. the colour of the shorts, mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. thing is just vibrant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. vibrant. Yeah. But that's the thing, it's like, they, they were basic, you know, it was basic. Simple. It was just a, yeah. a, a, Class, a classic colour, style. Absolutely. Or, you know, the, the cuff, as, as we said earlier on, and it's like, that's all it needs to be. You don't need to start putting wee fancy designs yeah. and holographs. Which was the 90s, things. wasn't it? That oh, 90s, and nearly the, and 2000s. the box cut as well, awful. where it was like, yeah. you put it yeah, on and you're wearing... Zigzag lines, it was like a, ten, yeah, it was yeah. like a pedestrian crossing. So there was a, a TV movie called Adidas V 
Puma. Ah, the brilliant. Brothers Feud from 2016. And is it a film or is it a documentary? It's a movie, The film, and there seems to be a mini-series called wow. Die, Die Dastlers. The Life and Struggle of the Dastler Brothers. A wonderful story. You know, oh, when you it? think of the, the connection with the war alone, and mm. then you, you think of the the, the, the size of the, the companies that Adidas and Puma became and in Adidas, later years. Adidas pioneers with the boots. Yeah, pioneers yeah. with the six studs, you mm-hmm. know? And not just in football. I mean, Adidas, but in the athletics. Mm. And, and the, the, there's a thing in the trailer, Jesse Owens is involved because is right? the, 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 they get the, the Americans, were the, I think, were the first one to wear Adidas in terms of the track events. And, and uh, so you've got that as well. You know, so many interesting... <sighs> Different facets into the, the oh, fascinating stories, you know, and so, featuring the, the best players in the world as well. Mm, Iconic mm. images. And so, we're going to break it up a wee bit here. So, we all know about the focus on sections yeah, of yeah, yeah. so we're going to turn the tables on yourself, Stephen. I'm mm. going to ask you some quick fire questions. Fire away. So, full name Stephen Charles Murray, place of birth, Govan, first car, first car that I owned was uh, a Fiat Uno. Me too. Mm-hmm. Favourite player? All time. Yeah. current all time, Danny McGrain. Favourite team? Celtic. Most memorable match? Oh, probably the 4 2 game in 79. Okay. Biggest thrill? Oh, biggest thrill was probably the 4 2 game as well. <laughs> biggest disappointment? Disappointment, um, I would need to go for Porto in 2003. Okay, that's good. Uh, best country visited? Um, Portugal. Favourite food? Chicken. Miscellaneous likes. Name two things that you two like. Two things that I like. Uh, I like cinema mm-hmm. and I like pop music. Okay. Miscellaneous dislikes? Smoking. What else? Um, so you hate smoking enough to give it twice? Aye, so it's okay. Smoking cigarettes and smoking cigars. <laughs> Favourite TV shows? Current or... Through, through the ages, so 42 hours, like, so porridge, right. like the comedies and things okay. like that. Uh, Favourite singers? Um, when I was younger, it was ELO. I was writing ELO when I was younger, and then as, as I got older, became more mature. It was like Simple Mind You too. Okay. Uh, Favourite actors? Um, well, there's too many to mention. I like Steve McQueen. Uh, Traditionally, like Sean Connery as well. Simon Weary's hinting. I'm available. Um Best friend. Who's your best friend? My wife. Biggest influence? Yeah, parents, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Which person in the world would you most like to meet? Well, the the the, the funny thing was with Celtic players through the years, it was always a Pope and the Rangers players always picked the Queen. Yeah. So, um, who would I most like to meet? But without being awkward, I probably would say the Pope. The Pope, yeah, mm. fair enough. So... There we go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to mock up one of these, focus on with yourself. You don't so. want to put a picture on this <laughs> Oh, no, I'm going to get a picture. Scotland <laughs> 78 top, has got to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll just use that wee boy there and just Photoshop you in in, in black and white. Um, That'll work. <laughs> Definitely. So while we digress a wee bit from the magazine, uh, Stephen, so I'm holding your book, Kenny the Celtic. Yes. So I think you, you've spoken before about how... Kenny departing for Celtic and I broke your heart. Oh, definitely. So yeah. I just want to know a wee bit about how you came to write the book and did you make any sort of big discoveries while you were while you were researching it? Well, the um, the reason for writing the book was probably threefold. The, the, the first thing was that it really frustrated me how younger fans are, are totally ignorant of the fact that he might have played for Celtic. <laughs> and it's not just the fact that 
I would understand that feeling if he'd have played maybe like 18 months or two yeah. seasons. He was there 10 years. Yeah. And, and granted, he wasn't in the first team for 10 years. He was in the first team for about seven years. But he made such a mark on it. And, and he was so successful at Liverpool, it, it sort of like uh, overshadowed the, the Celtic part of his career. So the first reason was, was to portray the career, his career. The second reason was that the year 60, 70, 60, 77, what it covers was the Celtic Warriors. So he, there's plenty going there. And the third thing as well is that I tried to put wee things in it that, that portrayed the, the stories of the fans at the time. Like uh, there's an interesting one in it for 1969 whereby uh, mischievous Celtic fans had stolen Kilmarnock's league flag for 1965 <laughs> off the flagpole <laughs> when they played one night. Yeah. And, the, and there were Celtic fans outside that, that saw this and they battered the guys that, that, that had stolen the flag. Right. And this guy ended up with a flag, but he didn't want to get jailed. So what he did is he'd, he'd, he'd get the train back to Central Station and then apparently in the days there lockers. You, you could get a locker and he phoned the Daily Record up me and says, tell Kilmarnock they can get the flag <laughs> and number 16 is up the locker or something. So just a bit be anecdotes, be funny stories of the period of football supporters. Yeah. And did I find anything uh, unusual? Um, yeah, well, what was, the, what was the most exciting thing you discovered when you were, you were researching it? Well, God, um... Not, not so much in terms of excitement, but just that, that well, that, that, I would say the, the most interesting thing that I found was that uh, Ali McLeod's son got in touch, right, mm-hmm. with, uh, through a, a, a direct mail on, on, on Twitter. And he says, I know you're, you're writing this book, he says, Kenny was, uh, Kenny was getting frustrated around about 1971 because uh, Lou McCarry had broke through, Davy Hay had broke through, George mm-hmm. Conley broke through, Danny McGrain, and, and he felt that, that somehow it was maybe going to pass him by. And uh, Ali McLeod phoned Jockstein up and says to Jockstein, this is according to Ali's son, and said to Jockstein, he says, that, that boy don't going to get again, would you let him go? He says, we'd love to sign him. And you would think Jockstein would say, no, he's, he's going to be a big star. Jockstein meant Sean Fallon's choice, he's in charge of the reserves. And Sean Fallon went, no, under no circumstances, he was selling this, this guy, he's something. And Ali, Ali's son says, my dad, it was a story that he loved to tell. Yeah. Because he says, how, how fate might have been different if Kenny Dolly signed for Ed United and continues the progress and becomes yeah. the player that he becomes. Number one, how good would it have been for Ed, but how embarrassing would it have been for Celtic? Mm-hmm. So he was very, very close. Kenny might not realise this, but uh, certainly behind the scenes, there, there was discussions of letting him go to Ed United. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just quite surprised that he found out that, that Jock, you know, wasn't he dead set against it? Mm-hmm. He was willing to consider the, 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 the idea. I mean, it just, we're just, um, shooting the breeze here about it, but do you think Kenny, if that was the case to go, like Celtic says, right, we're going to sell, do you think maybe he would have thought about going down south? I don't have any, he was very, very single-minded, Kenny Delish, mm. you know, that everything he'd ever done in his career, I, I, I admire that sense of single-mindedness, he knew when he leave Celtic at the right time, yeah. in, in order to further his career, uh, he knew when he leave Liverpool as a manager in terms of his health, when, after the Hillsborough mm. uh, thing, so, each time in, in, in his career decisions, he's always been very focused on what he's going to do, and I don't have any doubt that uh, that, that had that, that had another season in the Celtic reserves may have been too much for him. Yeah. So he broke through at the right time, both for Celtic and as much as he was ready made replacement for some of the guys that were getting a wee bit older, and also that that for for Kenny that that uh, it, it meant that he didn't need to consider a move somewhere else. It might seem crazy, you know, even consider it, but that that, that was it. That was the feeling back then. Okay, so we'll we'll go back to the the magazine here we're on page eleven. So we're we're scooting through this at breakneck speed, aren't we? <laughs> um, and we're out in the cold. With gets a warm welcome at Newcastle. So this Peter with mm. um, 
place of birth, Liverpool, uh, born in 1951. Started off at Stock Southport. I keep saying Stockport, but it's Southport. Uh, went to Barrow. Now, he had a bit of a, for me, I think he had a bit of a slow introduction to the, the pro game because he started off Southport and Barrow and then went to South Africa. I think really, yeah. Journey Man's yeah. a yeah. Oh, phrase that Port Elizabeth City. Apply. He was Mr. Ar- Sweatband. Arcadia Shepherds. And Remember that? Huh? Yeah. Oh, a, lot, a lot of players did that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Come back to Wills between 73 and 75, where he only played 17 games. So he wasn't getting a lot of mm-hmm. game time either. Went to Portland Timbers. 75, then came back to Birmingham again for a season, 35 games, nine goals. And it wasn't really, he moved to Forest, stayed there for a couple of seasons, started scoring goals, then moved to Newcastle, 78 to 80. Again, same sort of return, 25 goals over two seasons. But Villa was when things changed for him. So he, he was Villa from 80 to 85, played 182 games over those seasons. And scored 74 goals. Um, moved to Sheffield United. Four seasons there. 74 games, 18 goals. He was out at loan at Birmingham. Went to Huddersfield and finished at Aston Villa. Um, now he's got 11 English um, caps. All between 81 and 84. And only scored one goal. Um, he's got a bit of a managerial career that's sort of taken him as well. So he started off at Wimbledon. So went to Thailand. Managed the national team there. Indonesia. Managed them. Came back and managed Woodley Sports and Stockport Sports. So I think Stockport Sports may have been... It's a junior club. Th- I think it was Stockport sort of reinvented things was like it? that. I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that. Is PTT Rayong in Thailand and then Nakon Vathom United in Thailand as well. So I apologise for my pronunciations there. But he spent, you know, he spent the start of his career on his travels. And he spent his managing career pretty much on his travels as well. So I don't think he's quite settled anywhere he's been. Like, I'm interested, wins the league at Forest and at Villa. Yeah. yeah Not many yeah, guys like, And then you think he's left Forest and missed the European Cup. Mm-hmm. And then later on, wins the European Cup. Yeah, yeah. A winner. His yeah. greatest claim to fame, actually, was Birmingham City played Celtic in their centenary game in 1975 and he scored the winner. Oh, so yeah. forget about the European Cup. <laughs> the fact that he scored against Celtic. Yeah. He, was a, he was a great knock-on guy. Oh, he would bounce the ball, bounce off him. He was a big angular bony. Gary Shaw. Yeah, he was a Gary guy Shaw that, was I think, a um, great player. fed off him. Yeah. So he, he also won the Super Cup with Aston Villa in 82 as well. Um, now, the article here basically says Peter Wyth doesn't like the cold. Um, it's a great, I think it's a great quote. He says, when I went to Newcastle, the minute I crossed the Tyne Bridge, the sun began to shine, but it's been cold ever since. So, you know, I think the cold got to him. Thailand, isn't it? Yeah, South mm-hmm. Africa and Thailand. He obviously likes the sun, and who doesn't? Um the yeah. he still wears these sweatbands as well. Mm-hmm. You can tell us that was can a you get them trade. These days, the sweatbands. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get the sweat. You get the sweat. You used to get the headband. Remember, you used to get the three. That's right. Nobody would ever wear the headband. <laughs> that's your Beyond Borg. But I've, I've actually, I've actually looked for the the old retro type ones. And yeah. Just to, it's like I know I just want to pay two three pound for them, but mm-hmm. they're like fifteen pound because they're retro. Exactly, yeah. You know, I just want them. Because get the wee, I just get the wee thin one now. It's the only one I've got. Is the Beyond Borg one that comes mm. with the tracky tops. It's the yeah. only one I've got. But. I had to wear I had Leeds United sweatbands, and yeah, when, I was, yeah. when I was captain of a BB team, I turned mm-hmm. it inside out. There we go. And, and for a captain, wore it, wore yes. it as a captain's <laughs> armband. Like one line yellow... stitching inside. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just in, on this point here on page 10, yeah. there's trainers there, right? And, and it's, it's power. Power is the name of the, the company, and it's Tunis Trainers, I, I, just like yourself, 
I have no recollection of them. And, and it's a big, big advert. It's not as if it's a wee totty thing. No. It's a full-page advert. So there must have been people maybe listening to this who, who are of an age that maybe remember getting them. It looks like a poor man's Adidas. Thing. Doesn't it? Doesn't it just? To be to be fair, I don't think it's worse looking. No, no it's, it's nice. It's, 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 it's a bit like the George Best football. I mean, I quite, I quite mm-hmm. like the the detail on the... The tongue. The tongue. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it looks breathable and things like that. So, you know... Yeah, maybe just never fired. It looks like the leather's a bit... Hard, yeah, yeah. It's like gola leather, yeah, yeah. Rather than it's, it's not quite your um, your it's not, yeah, it's not kangaroo. Well, the kangaroo upper, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'd like like yourselves. I I don't have any memories of it. It's probably out of our price range anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly. Six ninety nine. It's, 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 it's yeah. too much yeah. for me. It's too rich for me. Too rich. Um, so on page eleven, so it says hammerings helped Alan Devonshire become an Upton Park star. So we'll have a quick look. It didn't have that many clubs to be honest, but. He was at West Ham for a long time, um, between 76 and 1990. And he played 358 league games, scoring 29 goals. And then he went to Watford for a couple of years. Um, he's got eight England caps, hasn't scored any goals. Um, he's done a bit of managing afterwards, um, but it's all sort of Maidenhead, Hampton and Richmond, Richmond Borough, Braintree Town, back to Maidenhead. Um, so he played for West Ham for 14 years. He snapped three ligaments in an FA Cup game against Wigan in 84. Sorry. And he was out for a total of 19 months. And he tried to come back early, but, mm. you know, it, it broke yeah. down. And so as a result of all this, he basically came back, lost his pace, and injury struck again when he snapped his Achilles Oof. in 87, 88. So it wasn't a great, it wasn't even a good couple of years from there. So He was a very slightly out. built boy. Yeah, he was. So you can imagine that, that and, and you know, up against the likes of Graham Roberts and... Eamon Hughes, maybe the, of the age that, mm. that uh, guys are p- putting that about, that, that it would be very easy for him to get the injuries. Absolutely. It's a shame. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Brooken does go on and, and he can visualise exactly what Trevor Brooken means here. He says, probably his biggest asset is his ability to beat people. Mm-hmm. Good acceleration seems to ghost through a tackle. Mm-hmm. You see players like that, they sort of just glide. And they just glide past them and the, the balance is great yeah. and, you know, they keep the ball really close. But he does say he's got defensive qualities, he tackles back and works hard. So. From a Scotland perspective, he had a very good game against Scotland in 83 at Wembley. Okay. It was a Wednesday night game, England won 2 0. I can't remember who scored. But he, I remember watching that night, because that was when Charlie Nicholas signed for Arsenal. Right. And Charlie, this was meant to be Charlie's uh, stage yeah. to, to, to show that, that and, and he was wrong. You yeah. know, I'm, not, I'm not being cruel to say that. He, he was very, very poor, but Alan Devonshire was the best player in the park that night. It's a good picture as well. It's head right above the ball. Yeah, look, yeah. Look, looking up as well. It's just everything that you get taught to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we're talking about strips. It's, it's a great yeah. balance. Absolutely. It's a great strip as well. It's a lovely strip, isn't it? Yeah. With the, the the Chevron Another Admiral yeah. cracks. Mm-hmm. Admiral said some of the best strips. I mean, I oh, love they, they, that. They, 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 just, they just said, you know, the hell or with the... With the you know, they went for their own thing and oh, says, no, we're like, just going to design things and absolutely. it'll be wacky. Yeah, it the leads, be, wasn't it? There was, was one thing about the, 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 the Admiral ones, I think, like, I had the Wales one at, 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 at that period. Well, did you see the material? The 77. Oh, it was harsh. Oh, it? Yeah. Oh, honestly, it was brutal. I, I, I can't even begin to describe. It was describe. scratchy. In the place it was. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and seeing a hot day when you, when you sweated, yeah. it, it was unbearable. Whereas exactly. the, the Umbro strips were, 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 were more softer yeah, material and the Adidas ones were silky. You know that uh, I remember the strips, maybe his Adidas ones as well, because I remember with the Clyde Bank one I had is um 
through the day you would build up a static charge <laughs> and then at night you go in, you would deliberately yeah. go into the room <laughs> with the lights off and yeah, stuff and just yeah. take your top off and, and, and the electricity would be going yeah. that's, right. that's right so next page we have so uh, just, well, sorry. Just, just to interject here so we've been talking about clubs and you know nomadic players and all that so I'm going to ask Stephen and Simon start with Stephen mm-hmm. if you had been a professional football player what mm-hmm. would your ideal career trajectory have been? Um, ideal career trajectory for me would have been to start off in Morton or something right. and then get a transfer to Celtic and, and I would like to think I would be Danny McGrain and as much as that would be me I would become world class and, and I would be a legend but <laughs> having said that the, the, the um, in a more realistic uh, aspect probably to get to Celtic and then maybe go to the, the, the do a or a Macari and, and, and go down south to one of the big English clubs mm-hmm. But I do think in the current age it's changed because my son's 15 and now this FIFA game that they'll play. Yeah. The, 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 I, I used to, I could tell you that all the, the English grounds in those days, the nicknames, yeah. the captains, the, the badge, managers, everything, yeah. he can do that for Sinetti and he can do that for Real yeah, Sociedad yeah, right, because yeah. this is just a mindful information. And I think kids now, that if, if you were to say to young boys now, what's your aspiration? It'd be Barcelona, Real Madrid. Yeah. So we went beyond being parochial in the UK sense. And, and it's now a world stage. So that the, uh, me speaking at this age now, I would love to play football in another country, Italy or Spain or Germany, for the culture. Yeah. You know, that, that appeals to me as I get older in life. Yeah. So, Simon, so you did start Yeah, I, I would have gone the opposite way. Career. So I would have started off, because I started off with Clyde Bank uh, when I was 15, 16. And I think I would have loved to have then made it into the first team for that. Yeah. Gone to Celtic. One game for Celtic is all I would have ever lasted. And I would have found my level. Because I was definitely a second division kicker. Like my dad. My dad my dad, my dad won the Scottish Qualifying Cup not for Glasgow University in 71. He was a great player, but was couldn't head of the ball and was a vicious tackler. So I inherited that from him. So that's what I would have been. You've played with me. You know my strengths. My strengths are watching the ball going past me. Hey, listen, you had, a, you had a few silky moments. I had a few silky moments, but that was between games. <laughs> so that I think my trajectory would have gone the other way. I think I'd have been, I'd have been very happy being... As a part-time second division footballer, I would have had the hair and the look in the nightclub activity. So I think I, I was never a great trainer. I think I would have much more enjoyed the lifestyle all around it. Do like, you think you would have loved the uh, being was, a mate of Charlie Nicholas? I was Charlie Nicholas at the time. I had the, the mullet yeah. hair and all that. But, and but I, you, and you, I had, you, do you know what it was? It was the boots. The big thing was the boots. And my shorts would be right up at you know tight in an impossible angle. Socks up or socks rolled down with the tongues. It was a tongue yeah, of the boots, uh, yeah. Nike boots, or or. I can never get my boots to do that. No, I could. I. You had to get the, the pro versions <laughs> of them, mm-hmm. and then pull the tongue right down because it was kangaroo upper, mm. right down, and then tie the lace over it, so it looked apart. But when you kicked the ball, your boots flew off. That was the reality of it. I was no more Johnson, Charlie Nicholas, despite my my, my the, the dyed hair looking like that. But I would have had that look. I would have been like an eighties football. I still feel like an eighties footballer in a club. So after, after your one game for Celtic, would you have come back to Clyde Bank? I'd have been a, I'd have, I'd have, so, yeah, so your time would <laughs> I'd have been cowed and beef. I couldn't have afforded it. I think I would have afforded it, exactly. Wouldn't go out of bed for 10 quid. <laughs> so that, yeah, that'd have been the sum total of it. Or, or you, you never know, but I, I think I would have had the chance. Could have got that one game. I would just mm. needed one game. That'd have been it. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to quote Billy Connolly here. And I know I do it all, all, a lot, but I think he's very quotable. But I think he was talking about how long he could pretend to be a professional footballer. And he's saying, he could be on the park, he maybe come on, just, he gets the ball and passes it, runs about for a wee bit. And, you know, it's like, 
I think most people probably pass it off. I mean, there was the obviously the situation with Graham Souness where the guy pretended to be what's his name's nephew, um, George Weir's, and it's like I mean, that was brilliant. He got subbed on and subbed off, didn't he? Um, but you know, it's like I'd I'd love to be in an opportunity to just go. What the hell? You want to be in a team group. You want to be the guy in the Man United final that turned up in the full kit to decide them. That'd be enough for yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, so, that's that's still play at pro celebrity games. I just love getting in the strip, mm. just standing beside Rudy Vatt and getting shouted at, and all through the game. You know. Yeah. Second person love that's it. been on the podcast has been shouted at by Rudy Vatt. Rudy Vatt is great. He said to me last time, he said, "You kick the. B- Am I allowed to swear on this? By the way. Yeah, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm a. You kick the ball. Why you play so bad? You kick the ball like it's your fucking enemy. It's well, a great line. <laughs> it sounds exactly because we had Chris McQueen on as well. And oh, he said yeah, exactly Chris, Chris the same was Chris, thing. Me and Chris were terrified in the same game. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, back, back to the magazine here. We've got Tony Brown and West Brom. Now, I'm, in full I'm, colour. I'm going yeah. to admit that Tony Brown is one of these players that, for some reason, I always have in my head that he was Scottish. Alistair Brown. Yeah, and I think maybe that's it. But, mm. you know, it's like th- there's been a couple. I think another one was. Um, was um, Alan Gowling, right. and I think maybe I've just thought Gow, Alan Gow. Yeah. So, but you know, there is a, occasionally these players that are just saying, "Oh, he's Scottish." John Duncan. Mm-hmm. It turns out, about you're just thinking the name sounds Scottish, yeah. and it turns out they're not. But um, oh, John Duncan was Scottish. No. Well, which one? All right, there's a. There I know there's two John Duncans. I think, yeah. We'll be, we'll be back after this. No, week. yeah, yeah, not that one. All right, the, two. Other one. Right, right. the other one. The other one. The other one. The wee one. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the one that Aye, you, the, the you're not one. talking about. I couldn't sing. So, um, Bomber Brown. I mean, mm, obviously, yeah. that's, that's his nickname. It's going to be Bomber Brown. Um, started off West Brom, 61 to 63 in the youth team. And then, um, 63 to 1980. So 574 league games, 218 goals. Now, he then went to New England T-Men and then after that to the Jacksonville T-Men. So I had a wee check. Why were they called this? Yeah. Apparently, they were owned by Unilever's Lipton. Oh, so so there's a Gorbals connection straight away. It's like Lipton Tea. Yeah. So they've done that. And also, there's a Boston, Boston Tea Tea Party. So they've got that as well. So... You know, we learned so something there. of transsexuals then. And why do you think he went to a team called Jacksonville team? And I missed that, but I'll, I'll hear it when we listen back. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think they were called Jacksonville team? Mm, Jacksonville team. Because of the Jacksonville? Yeah, because they moved to Jacksonville yeah. and changed well, their name. The you know, yeah, yeah. I so, love some of these uh, American names. The Portland the, Timbers oh, earlier on. Uh, it was some great American oh, names. Some right? crackers. So he was there, ended up a the, couple the of years there. San Jose Earthquake. Yeah, what a great mm. name. <laughs> yeah. The Patriots and all so that. Was that a franchise then? They, 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 somebody would have bought it and they would have moved to another town. Yeah, but, yeah. but they, I think because they were still in Jack, still in uh, mm. Boston, I think, or in that area, they just kept the team in part of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was because they moved. So I guess if they moved to Florida, it would be the American football now, though, as well. Yeah. I think they rebranded, don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he came back to West Brom, didn't really do much. So he went to Torquay for a couple of seasons and ended up Stafford Rangers. He's got one England cap. Mm-hmm. Um, he holds the appearance and goal scoring record for West Brom to this day. So 218 goals in 574 league games is still a record. Uh-huh. Um, West Brom unveiled a statue of him at the Hawthorns in 2014. And his childhood hero, which was Dennis Law, was there for the unveiling as well. Really? So that would have been a big for, thing for him. I think he only ever won the FA Cup in 67 and the League Cup in 65, 66. So, you know, his career wasn't littered with mm-hmm. titles and 
you know, act, you know things like that. They were a decent team at that time, West Brom, because they had the, 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 yeah. the three degrees. Three degrees, of course. The, yeah. Laurie Cunningham, several regions. Yeah, that that iconic strip as well. Yeah. We've said, we've said that a few times. Oh, I love the yeah. green yeah. and yellow one. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree with that. Those wee buttons like a polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very distinctive. And that was the the edge of the the stripes as well. It was this sort of. I think it was, was a St. Mirren like, had that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like pink and shears. Yeah. Remember the pink and shears you would yeah. get for the, was a, I think that's that was the look. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a mm-hmm. really good look on, on yeah. strips. Yeah. That's what I mean. I love the attention to detail that, it, that it, Umbro mm-hmm. had, especially, you know. And just the stitched on well, that, that, letters. And also that, that style of badge was quite yeah. it was used quite a lot. That was right through the 50s thing as well. Motherwell had yeah. it. Yeah. There's yeah. quite a few teams yeah. that had it. It's worth noting here as well that in these days Umbro and Admiral would have been had factories in the UK, mm-hmm. so uh, 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 the, the 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 attention to detail and and the, the workmanship I think mm. was a wee bit better than what you got in later yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. But it went to the Philippines or whatever. But, but oh, n- neither suspect to the people there. Sure. But the, the the they were probably they were weren't so worried about the, the quality of the product. Yeah. They were just worried about the churning it out. Whatever, you know. And I think also there's a story I remember reading about why it was lettering, and there was a licensing problem with the badges. Yeah. And they wouldn't put badges on many of the strips, so instead they would put letters on. Okay, that, that's that, that was to do with crest, I think, the Lord Lion or something. I think it was. Like I think oh. it was because a lot of them were cities. Yes. So if you had a city like uh-huh. Barnsley in the, in mm. the, the old, I, st- uh, I still can't believe that there's a job, there's a person that does all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nonsense, oh. utter nonsense. Because yeah, Dundee United, I remember that, uh, reading it mm. in shoot, uh, ironically one day. Uh, the, you remember the days that Scotland fans used to fly the, the line rampant rather yeah. than the St Andrews Cross? Yeah. Just these yellow and red, red flags yeah, you would right. see all, all, all over That was Hamden. most Scotland games, yeah. United uh, flew the flag, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, don't think for a minute, it's a Scottish flag. And Lord Lyon told them that, that, that they, were, they weren't allowed and had to take it down. It's utter, absolute yeah. nonsense. It's a man that gets paid for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sovereign flag, though, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's the royal the well, that's the thing, flag. Yeah, I, I think that as kids, we were a wee bit ignorant to what, what, what mm. the flag was. We just mm. thought it was Scotland. Yeah. But it, yeah, you're right, it is a sort of a, a regency or whatever they call it. It's, anyway. So on the next page um, is Leeds United's Ray Hankin. So I actually, I've, I've seen quite a few photos and I think there's a touch of David Ginola about mm. him, looks-wise. It looks as if he's got something up his juke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's maybe like, um, he's he's stole very, so, he stole somebody's shirt in the dressing room yeah. and he doesn't want to light on, so he's stuck up his strange, jumper. Very strange, strange ribcage mm-hmm. and no mm-hmm. shin guards. See that, huh? Mm-hmm. A lot of players, no shin guards then, huh? Mm-hmm. So he, he started his career at Burnley, 73-76. Um, 112 appearances, 37 goals. He was a centre-forward. Went to Leeds United, he was there for four years, scored 32 goals in those four seasons, went to Vancouver Whitecaps. Another um, great name. And then he went to Arsenal, I think he was sort of on trial at Arsenal, and maybe played two cup games, um, but they never took him up on that. Moved over Shamrock Rovers, uh, back to White uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. See, this was a sort of thing then, when in the off-season mm-hmm. in England, a lot of guys would go and play a season in America. Yeah, Trevor Olympics. Francis, Salon yeah. Brazil, yeah. Harry Hoods. Right. Well, it was great because it was a lot of money for an eight-week contract you know, or a 12-week contract. So you would go and have a summer in the sun wherever you wanted to be. Yeah. And stay fit and get paid for it, especially at the tail end of your career. And same with some of the Shamrock Rovers. They were paying really good money in League yeah. of Ireland mm-hmm. at the time as well. You know, commensurate with second division in England. So you could right. go and get a decent pay. And then you're not really worth picking up a club until you start a pre-season training. So you could continue as a professional. Yeah. And I think, like I said, in, in Ray's, he was sort of out of the 
out of first team pick and stuff at the moment. So, you know, I think he was just trying to get himself fit. I think he had a few injuries he was trying to go over as well. Um, 82, 83, he was at Middlesbrough, moved to Peterborough for a couple of seasons, then went from Wolves to Whitby, Newcastle, Blue Star, and Guysborough Town. Um, he's got six England youth caps and three under 23 caps as well. Now, in his debut for Middlesbrough, him and his teammate Mick Kennedy were both sent off in a game that they lost 4 1 to Grimsby. Now, this turned out to be Bobby Murdoch's last game there. Oh, God. So, might have been a, a factor in it. So, you know, getting two players sent off in a mm. game is probably going to finish something that's maybe. Especially a wee bit. fighting each other. Yeah. I don't think Bobby was a manager for London there. I think it was a year, mm. max. But I mean, he, he played, obviously played with yeah. Middlesbrough for it. He, you know, he was youth coach yeah, for a while. I think that's yeah. what led to being manager. Down yeah. there, yeah. exactly. um, he moved to Peterborough, but he was plagued by disciplinary problems, resulting in him being sent off four times in one season. And he was warned by the club. The injury caused him to miss the opening of the next season and eight games into return and he got sent off again. So they cancelled his contract with immediate effect. Um, a bad boy. Th- there's a wee story here. So uh, Captain in Guysborough or Gisborough um, in the FA Cup first round against Berry, he was involved in well, it was quite a bizarre accident, incident. And the referee instructed both team captains and we were talking about this earlier, wear armbands. Guysborough didn't have one. Apparently, there is no such requirement in the rules, or there wasn't then. Um, but Hankin used a wristband as an armband, but after a while, he took it off because it was too tight. Mm-hmm. Now, the referee then booked him because he wasn't wearing his armband, which then resulted in a bit of flavourful language. So he ended up getting sent off because of this, but it didn't finish there. Um, there was a local MP, Richard Holt, who under parliamentary privilege in the House of Commons, actually said his team were cheated by a biased referee who should have been hounded out of the ground. <laughs> That's brilliant. He made it to the Commons. Yeah. Isn't that brilliant? And I mean, you imagine being that angry. I'm going to raise this. Exactly. That's this is premises questions. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about unemployment here? Do you want to talk <laughs> about <laughs> foreign affairs? No. Ray Rankin. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather hear things like that Absolutely. than about Brexit every, every day That's of the week. things change. And it's a precursor to the things like, even an amateur game when I was running teams, it was getting booked for the sock tape. Mm. You know what I mean? Just Dif- other, different other colour tape, different colour under armour stuff like that. for amateur football. Come yeah. on, mm. that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. where the priorities are, you know. So page fourteen and fifteen, we've got Joe on target for the Bairns. So it's about Joe McAllen, which takes his, um, you know, as a Clyde Bank link. So apparently Falkirk are shaping up as certainties. They say to be promoted back to the Scottish Division. If they do. Um, it will provide a unique hat-trick for Joe McCallan. Now, I don't really see what the unique hat-trick is, but we'll go on. So he scored 21 goals for Clyde Bank when they won the second division in 75-76 and was top scorer again when they were promoted straight up to the Premier League the next season with 31 goals. So that, at the halfway mark this season with Falkirk, he's got nine goals. Now, I don't really see what the hat-trick is. He's basically, he's been, okay, promoted three seasons in a row and he could be, could be the top scorer. Is that it? Mm. So it just seems a bit of a strange thing to say. What's oh, a unique? When I read track. that, I thought about you. Because obviously, the classic Clyde Bank team. What was Joe McCallum at centre? David Cooper, the left wing. Billy McCall, uh, Jerry O'Brien. That they, they tape, 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 like Jim Fallon, Jim, yeah. Jim Gallagher. The, the, you know that was the in my eyes that was the yeah. the, the legendary Clyde Bank team of the period. Well, I mean, Joe was inducted just the other year into the Clyde Bank Hall of Fame. He made two hundred twenty four appearances, scoring seventy eight goals. So I mean, he did well. And for the record. Falkirk finished third, so they didn't go up. Mm. So as much as it was pretty much certainties to go up, they didn't go up. 
So I think this is Joe McAllister. Uh, gets transferred sort of midway through Clybank's season in the Premier League, kind of out of the blue after obviously Cooper had gone mm-hmm. the season. We got promotion, then Mike Larnock went midway through, and when McAllen went at the first game, I think it was, it was one of those days that where you would just turn up at a game and find out a player had been sold, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, or a player had signed. And one of the supporters who still goes to Clyde Bank Games now led a procession around the ground to get at Jack Steedman. For selling them. For selling them. So that's mm-hmm. it. You're, this is it. You're done. This, this is and and I, I think it was a, a sort of indication that the club weren't growing when they progressed because we, we were selling. We got selling promotion yeah. to the Premier League and then started selling our yeah, best yeah. players kind of thing. And mm-hmm. obviously we went back, didn't we? So a lot of chairman at the time didn't want the club to be, clubs to be promoted. Yeah, quite happy in the first level. division. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Suddenly you got to pay players more, and you got to buy players. Oh no! I'd, I'd, I'd always go mad at my dad. He would always say that. Oh, Clyde Bank don't want to be promoted. Mm. Yeah. Like, of course, you do. I, just in my mind, no, I couldn't get. Why true. wouldn't you no. want to be promoted? That's not a team level thing. It's not a management level. It comes always Fine, a boardroom level. It, it would be interesting to see actually if they'd held on to Cooper for one more season. Well, that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. if if they'd obviously the money they were getting offered for Clyde Bank was phenomenal. Mm. Hundred thousand pounds was massive in the days. But if they if they kept him and 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 that team together, yeah, and had a one season go at it before yeah, selling, run. before yeah. breaking well, them up. The, the other interesting thing about it is because mm. Ricky Agnew had come into the club, mm-hmm. so of Agnew stores, and uh, Ricky Agnew basically pumped twenty five grand of his own money in. Mm-hmm. So Clayvank became full time, or a number of the players mm-hmm. became. Was it really full time? It meant yeah. they were sort of doing double training kind of thing. They were training in the morning. Mm. But uh, Ricky, because I spoke to Rick, Ricky Agnew um, when I was writing about uh, Clay Bank, and he and I asked him, well, "Why did you leave?" Because he sort of quit, and he, he said it was because they sold Cooper. Mm. He says that was the indication yeah. to me that the club weren't going mm. anywhere. He says I wanted them to hold on to David Cooper, mm-hmm. build, build a team around him, and I would have put more money yeah. into them. Yeah. And so I think that's the interesting thing as well. If Cooper had stayed, Ricky Agnew would have stayed yeah. and his money a would kind of stayed at that time. Because look how well St Mirren did and, and they didn't really sign anybody St Mirren immediately when they went into the Premier League. But Ferguson, the Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Ferguson, what he made clear was we're not selling anybody. Yeah. So they kept McGarvey, they kept Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. and they had a good bash at it and they did really well. And then the, the next season after that when Ferguson left they were able to Use whatever money they had to buy better players, and and they started to to, to build it up. And I always think it was a missed opportunity for Clyde yeah. Bank. But I don't know if you about would you compare Clyde Bank to St Mirren? Well, in, I think that's exact, size, though. Ex- well, I think that's kind of what we could have been as a St Mirren for a Motherwell. Yeah. You know, yes. it would have been a finishing sixth, mm-hmm. maybe winning a cup, getting a final, maybe getting a mm-hmm. season in Europe. If we'd managed to mm-hmm. build a team around Cooper mm-hmm. or you know buy more players in. Having having said that though, I think. Uh, a lot of players would have left. So Cooper, obviously, those, the games against Rangers in the, in the League Cup, yeah. I think a lot of players would have left because Rangers were desperate to sign him mm-hmm. and a lot of players would just have gone. But Cooper said, no, I'm staying mm-hmm. the season. I'm not ready yet. I'm going to stay with Clive. So I think probably Clive ain't got him for a, a season or half a season longer than yeah. maybe we should also, have. Also, he, he got, people forget, he got gone to the Scotland-South American squad, to, uh, although he didn't play. Uh, when they played the uh, Argentina, Brazil, and and, and Chile, yeah. so it showed you that that, that even at Clyde Bank, that, that he was playing at a, a very high standard. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, uh, well, yeah, he was picked in the Scotland squad as a Clyde Bank player, but, but actually he wasn't capped for two years. For two years, mm-hmm. his first mm-hmm. caps in seventy nine, uh, but was in the Scotland squad in seventy seven. Mm-hmm. That was very much part of it. Those learn how to travel, watch. 
part of me wishes he had to get a crappy Clyde Bank. That would yeah, have been something. You know what I mean? Be, yeah. A Clyde Bank player to, to play for the, for, yeah. for his country. And and he could easily have done it. You know, um, he would have been worthy of place. Yeah. Who was the last Scotland player from Clyde Bank? Is it Gary Teal? That could have been... It would, it would be my first thought, yeah. Um, answers in a postcard, yeah, please, yeah, yeah, to... to um, Wood Green, <laughs> W12, AQT. <laughs> And if you put a, a penny black stamp on it, that'd be lovely. It's no lemons. <laughs> um, so, next wee article in here is about St Mirren's ground. It says St Mirren have raised 300,000, or have to raise 300,000 pounds to bring their ground to the standard acceptable to the Safety of Ground Act. So, it says so far they have spent 10,000 pounds on the playing surface, 9,000 pounds on Scotland's first computerised turnstile system, 42,000 pounds on floodlights, and £60,000 on improving the Caledonia end of the ground. Now, I'm I'm not sure at this point whether they have to raise 300000 on top of that or if the work has already been done as part of that. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a total. Yeah. Total. But, you know, I question whether the work was ever done, though. Well, no, there's an interesting story about that. that's a wee joke for the buddies out there. Well, an interesting story about that because... This season, the, the, the 78, 79 season, was uh, anybody who remembers it, it was the worst winter ever. Mm, so right. the, the, the fixture lists uh, for every team in Scotland and all the leagues ran right to the end of May, which was unusual because in, in those days the the, 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 the the Scottish Cup final was normally on about the 10th of May and that would have been the last game. But it ran on for about three weeks after that because teams were, had such a big backlog because there's snow and ice and all these other things. Yeah. Now, St Mirren had arranged for the, the renovation to take place mm-hmm. and they, they, they couldn't back out yet if they wanted it ready for the next season. So one of the last fixtures was against Celtic and they moved the game to Ibrox and it was played on a Friday night. That's and happening. the reason why it was played on a Friday night was the Scottish Cup final was the next day between Rangers and Hibs and the Polo says, no, we can't have the Cup final at uh, uh, Hamden and, and all these Celtic fans uh, going to Ibrox. That's just not happening. So we had to play in a, in, a, in a really unusual, first time ever I remember a football game in Scotland on a Friday night. And it was all because the Love Street was under re- re- reconstruction and they had to ask Rangers to play the game. And the irony was that Ibrox was under reconstruction because the old Rangers end had been demolished and, and you could see the early stages of what is now the Copperwood standing built. Exactly. That night, Celtic 1-2-0. So. so Aston Villa House, yeah, I love this. So... It says, fancy sharing your home with an Aston Villa player? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a genuine question that's in there. The club are looking for accommodation for players in the Birmingham area, and they've even given out a, a telephone number for the club for you to phone. I mean, you just wouldn't get that nowadays. No. I mean, how, how far things have changed. It's like, you know, okay, maybe youth team and things like that, but even then, they'd still be put up somewhere. But I wonder if, you know, I wonder how many people actually... Took them up. Yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be interesting. Fantastic, Jimmy Cyril. So, mm-hmm. this is another one which uh, confused me a bit. It says it's a rarity for anyone to score a goal direct from a free kick in the modern game. Strange. Yeah, well, just uh, that silence there says it all. Mm. Say there was an occasion where it happened twice in one game in 1932. I think it's the new writer they've got involved. So David Andrews of Notch County and Sam Hopkins of Man United both scored from corners in the same game. Ah, right, okay, so maybe... We're in Charlie Tully territory. But maybe mm-hmm. they're calling free kicks or corners free kicks. Was there a time it's, it's where... It's a new American writer maybe they've got. But was there, was there a time where, where 
corner kicks were called free, free kicks. Yeah, no, I know. Free kicks for something else. I told it my free kick in modern football. No, this, I, this I, guy just doesn't know. I would have said, actually, that, that it's fair comment to say that there was less goals direct for free kicks because yeah. the balls mm-hmm. in those days were, were tended to be the old mitres. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, there was less bend in them. Whereas these days, you know, when you think the likes of Beckham and Nakamura and even David Cooper back in the day, who, who could all bend the ball? Yeah. It, it, it's it's more common now to mm. see goals with free kicks because it, the bo- the boys just fly about the place. Yeah, it must yeah. be terrible for keepers. It was the eighties oh. especially, wasn't it? A lot of the, mm-hmm. the World mm-hmm. Cup from nineteen eighty two onwards. Really, you see these mm-hmm. amazing free kicks going. Yeah, David yeah, Proven yeah. eighty five. The tango balls. The tangles. Just, that, yeah. That's the internet. Is still the, that's my iconic football image, isn't mm-hmm. it? Although I think the best free kick. Cooper hit was that one in the League Cup final against Aberdeen, which is sheer like, power. Yeah. Like a rocket. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, everybody knows the quote um, that Cooper said to, or Jim Lighton said to Cooper, and you know, I nearly got a hand to it and said, "What in the way out?" <laughs> I mean, it was hit with that much that power. Um, so there's a wee article here as well. Former Scotland boss Ali McLeod is back in charge this time at Premier Division Motherwell, mm-hmm. who are currently struggling at the foot of the table. So I mean, we'll just take a wee look at. Ali's career as well. Um, 1949, played with Third Lanark, mm-hmm. which is close to your heart. Um, 112 appearances there, 17 goals. He actually had a spell at St Mirren as well, um, and then moved to Blackburn Rovers. Now, he's got 22 appearances for, for um, St Mirren. Now, I, I've heard that he was only there for six weeks. So 22 appearances sort of doesn't tie up with that. Maybe, maybe it was six cup, months. Maybe could have been a cup replay. Could have been... Yeah, but 22 got games. And I mean, that's like playing every second day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe it was six months he was there, but mm-hmm. he wasn't there long and he moved to Blackburn Rovers um, where he played just under 200 games, yeah. 47 goals. Came up to Hibs, um, played there for a couple of seasons and then came back to Third Lanark for a little bit before finishing his career at Air United. Um, and Air United is where he started his managerial exactly, career, yeah. which, you know, he was there for a good nine years between 66 and 75. And... and Air United did become a club which, you know, was, you know, people did stand up and say, you know, the way they play football mm-hmm. and stuff is really good. So there was a lot of plaudits for them. Um, after that, he obviously moved to Aberdeen for a few seasons. And I think that there's this sort of um, train of thought that what he put in place there set the base for Alex Ferguson when he came in as well. I mean, nobody can take away, obviously, the qualities of Alex Ferguson, but, you know, there, there is a train of thought that, Ali helped get the they thing. They were very the close to getting there. relegated in '76. I mean, mm. I mean, it was something crazy, like, like a few goals. It was Dundee, Dundee United, and, mm. and the first season of the Premier League when it was a t- top ten. Dundee, Dundee United, Aberdeen all finished the same points, mm. and Dundee went down. Now, Dundee became a yo-yo club at that point right. because they, they were up and down, up and down to all intents and purposes. And yet, you look at the success that United and Aberdeen had in the next five, ten years. The new firm, yeah. And you think and you think if Dundee had scored a few more goals than either Aberdeen or United have done, the whole shape of Scottish football would have been different. Mm-hmm. So um after Aberdeen, obviously there was a young charge at Scotland. Um then he went back to Air United for a little bit and moved to Motherwell, which the article is, is touching on. He was a couple of years there. Was it but again just interesting the former national manager going back mm-hmm. to a club like Air United? Mm. You know, I don't know if it would happen. Now they now. finish kind of, don't they? They become because they're the last job in the line rather than anything else. Oh, they get a big job abroad. But yeah, it's it's I mean I, I think I think we're United I mean he sort of he went back there again um a couple of times. So I think Air United started to become really close to yeah. I mean it was he 
that's where he ended up living and stuff. So I think and a anyway. proper football man as well. He just wanted to be involved in football. So that's the thing. You go back to club football. It's very yeah. unusual. It's, you know, it's the, the Scotland thing frustrates me a wee bit because people tend to associate mostly with, 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 the, with the, the disasters mm-hmm. of the, the two-week period in the summer yeah. of 78. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it gave us so many great... Um, two wins over England? Yeah, but, but the thing is, though, that if... if Hardly lost a game before the, 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 when you analyse that closely that that period eighteen months before we, we got to Argentina, Scotland the record must have been up there with just about the best in the world. Mm-hmm. The only team I can think of off, off, off the top of my head that beat us was the Czechs mm-hmm. in the first game, and then mm-hmm. we done the Czechs at Hamden, and they were the European champions at the time. So there isn't any. So it wasn't all hype. No, and, and they were only losing to England yeah. at the time either. I think I think uh, you're right there. Two wins against England. Um, uh, 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 I wonder if we get rid of him too quickly. Yeah, possibly. So there's a quote Nine from sight. him. There's a quote from him which I, I I love when I read it. It says, "I'm a very good manager who just happened to have a few disastrous days mm-hmm. once upon a time in Argentina." Yeah, and that's that's what it's it great, was. It? it was mm-hmm. like his his mother was a a season ticket holder at Cathkin Park for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Even after he played, there's a great story about her. If somebody criticised her son when he played, he played two spells, I think. I mean, anyone criticised her son, she'd find him in the crowd and <laughs> whack him with a brolly. Well, that's my boy. Yeah. He was born on the south side, but the family moved to Clydebank mm-hmm. and their, their house was blown up in the blitz. Yeah. So, I believe his, his dad yeah, worked as a yeah. singer. Yeah. Right. Um, and ended up settling in Mount Florida. Um, mm-hmm. He was nicknamed Noddy, and apparently it was because he's running his run. He's good running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he played, this is another wee cracker. He played Stilling Albion, Albion in his mm-hmm. debut. For for um, third line at Cathkin. Is this the fire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So on the, on the way off, it was like the, the, half time or something, was it not? The, the the clubhouse was in fire, yeah. and so they, they all ran inside oh, and got their gear the out. Somebody had kicked over a coal brazier. So that was that was because wow. because it, it was it was really basic. It was a shed basically mm-hmm. with, with no hot water in. It was like yeah. a coal brazier. Everybody's burning things out at the back for hot water. And apparently somebody had kicked it over and all their clothes and everything had gone on fire. Mm-hmm. So they had to run in, get all the stuff out, the, the crowd all clapping and waving and trying to throw water on it. It was a ridiculous thing. So that was actually his debut? Yeah, it was his debut. Yeah. That's I right, mean, yeah. That, that's a, a great start. picture of him scoring against Rangers at Ibrox. Header's a brilliant photo. Mm. And you see the, the flag in the background. It's such an iconic picture. So he, he also joined the Royal Scots um, for national service, but he was still able to play for the thirds um, during that. He moved to St Mirren for £8,000 due to the financial difficulties. I never knew he played with St Mirren. That's news to me. So, I mean, from what I understand, he didn't want to go, but because the club were in financial Mm -hmm. difficulty, he says, right, okay. But then he's obviously catapulted him into a move. I think he broke his heart. As a plan for your club. Um, Became manager at Air United in uh, 66 and took them to the top division. So turning them into a well-respected side. He took them to a Scottish Cup and League Cup semi-final. Attendances boomed and actually they set the club record of 25,225 to watch them defeat Rangers 2-1. Um, so that's some, I mean, 25,000. Mm-hmm. It's a must set. Oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. He was named the Ayers Citizen of the Year in 73. Um, after nine years at Air United, he moved to Aberdeen where he beat Celtic in the League Cup final. And then he was appointed the manager of Scotland in May 77. Um, now, there's this thing about we would win, we're going to win. But, he, you know, he never said that. He said we would return at least with a medal. So that means... You His know, best quote at the time, actually, somebody says, if you do win it, what are you going to do then? He goes, we're, we're going to come back and do it yeah, again. Brilliant. So, but that's the sort of like Alice. 
Absolutely. Scottish uh, Glaswegian, probably more so than Scottish uh, attitude that, that people had in the days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because guys like Archie Gemmell and Danny McGrain and Kenny Lewis didn't go in a part to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they, they had that sort of like, Jim Baxter probably the best example of that. Who who are they? Bring them on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and we've knocked that out as as, as time's sure. been on. But we we went for being too brash to being too modest. Yeah, oh, totally. Know? It's um, it's, it's to Bertie Old as well in the tunnel. I, Jimmy Johnson said to him, "Look at them, they're like film stars. Look at them, <laughs> and look at them, look at the teeth and the hair." And Bertie Old just turned and went, "I big can they play?" Mm. It's one of those moments. The gallusness is just gone, isn't it? Just let us get in the park and get at them, you know. With everyone's teeth and Ronnie Simpson's hat, you know. So I think that it's something in the Scottish psyche that we knocked out is. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, I don't know if you share that. No, I just don't think we have that mentality now. As I say, the gallusness is gone. I had it in 82, I had it in 86. You know what I mean? That's the thing. In these World Cups, those boys would have gone for it. Anyone In those World Cup games, you watch them walk it out. Look at them filling the shirt. Walking out with Brazil and stuff, and they're like, as soon as they stand up against them. 82, when we started against New Zealand, Scotland's start lineup had six European Cup winners. And no other team, England had four starting. European Cup winners. No other team mm-hmm. had, I don't even think, had, had a European Cup winner. Yeah, yeah. In a tournament. Uh, in, a, mm-hmm. in, in, in the tournament. Pinnacle kind of, of European football. Pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. So they were right to be confident. 82 and 86. 82 was a really disappointing one. That was, that was another great team. Yeah. 86 was a great team as well, but just... But what I can gather at that period, uh, I remember talking to Davy Proven, funny enough, mm-hmm. and, and he said that... Um, there was definitely a, a the, the Anglo's and the, and the Scots did the mix. He says, see, see, can't be sharing rooms. Mm. He says, I was sharing with, 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 with Scots guys. He says, I don't ever remember sharing with, with one of the Anglo's. He says, and they were quite aloof. Yeah. Maybe because they were so good, you know, you've got soonest been soonest. And, and, that, and Hansen, the financial I think, difference, could be a cocky. A big financial difference yes, as well. Yeah, so so they, they saw themselves probably as being mm. a class above the Celtic and the Aberdeen and yeah. the Dundee United yeah. players. And, and maybe the, 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 Psychologically, they guys felt a wee bit inferior because these guys were winning European mm. Cups. Yeah. So really, what, what the manager should have been doing at the time is, you know what, we're going to mix here because yeah. we're a team. I don't want uh, yeah. two factions. Absolutely. I want everybody together. And and, and Davey says that didn't happen. And the one thing he said, and I, I, you probably heard the, the story was, 1982. Jockstein warned them, nobody lies in the sun. Right. Yeah. He says, I'm t- warning you right now. Nobody lies in the sun. Get sent him. And David Proven says, no, I'm strong. I think he was sharing a room with. I don't know, it might have been Alan Ruff. Mm-hmm. And, and they went in the balcony and they looked down and there was Graeme Soonis lying in the sun right <laughs> yeah. under Jock Steen's nose, virtually sizzling with yeah, yeah. a, 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 a sun lotion. And, and Province just went, nah, you can't have that. You can't have a rule for one. And yeah, it, it's yeah. got to be... And I think that's another indication of how that, that would seep back into the... Yeah, there is a difference. said that as well in the 1970 European Cup final mm-hmm. as well. I told them mm-hmm. no sunbathing. That's right, and, yeah. and of course, in that uh, USA... Tour of what 66 mm-hmm. the season mm-hmm. they've been on to win the yeah, European yeah. Cup. I think Jimmy Johnston and a couple of others had got Sunburn. ill with, mm-hmm. with, with, with Sunburn. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a big thing for the, the Peely Wally Scots red, Redheads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm a Peely Wally Scots. Jock Steen's playing with them in the pool and all that. That was, that was, that was a team that galvanised. That was uh-huh. a trip that galvanised uh-huh. the team. He said the esprit de corps they got from that one trip alone uh-huh. was what made them. They tried to repeat it again after 1970. Not go to America again. Uh-huh. People were getting sent home and everything. It was just an absolute nightmare. They, they should have given them a break. Well, uh-huh. I think the, the the operative thing you said there, they tried to repeat it. You, you can't force uh-huh. these things. Yeah. You can't but make them But by 1970, happen. they were Milan. 
Yeah. I said, when they played, you know, and he said, they said, all oh, Dutch players were looking at them like they were the film stars. Oh, that's right. Mm. They're also reversed. Totally reversed, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are suddenly the stars, and then you just cough and you don't perform. But there's other reasons for it as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. When you flip down, you can't bottle lightning twice that way. Yeah. You, know, you have to go in the same attitude as if you're an underdogs. The other thing, I love jocks to you, but it's obviously because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Celtic fan, and, and when I was a wee boy, he was, he was like God to yeah. us. But... I do think he had a fascination with the Anglos. It was a lot of good Scottish players at the time that deserved caps and didn't get caps. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about guys like Gordon Smith at Rangers, wonderful player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bobby Russell at Rangers, another great player. George McCluskey at Celtic. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but we've all been on Twitter and who's the best uncapped Scottish player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're rhyming off guys like Harry Hood and, and uh, George McCluskey, uh, uh, Andy Ritchie, uh, uh, players of that ilk. And guys that got right through to under 23. Ah, they all had uh-huh. youth caps. They were yeah. all youth caps. And they were, you know, these guys were playing all around the world. So they played it, with these it, guys it and the next stopped stage. at 23. Yeah, Again, Jim, Jim Gallagher as, as well. Jim Blythe picked up a couple of caps because he was playing for Coventry mm-hmm. City. Whereas Jim Gallagher was playing out his skin for mm-hmm. a Claybank team who were getting battered in yeah, the Premier yeah, League yeah. for a season, but he never got. Well, George Wood probably a better comparison, and as much as George Wood came for Sterling, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you think, well, he's went for Sterling down to England and, and, and done it. it, mm-hmm. it, it granted, he, he's improved as a keeper, but at the end of the day, he was still an Sterling player. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been any, any more ridiculous asking George Wood than it would have Jim Gallagher. Yeah. I mean, I haven't parted Thistle goalie as your main goalie for that entire period. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So just um, we're going to finish on Ali here. Um, so he played for nineteen ninety two. He actually played a game for Queens, Queens, Queen of the South reserves, <laughs> and scored a penalty kick. He was sixty one. Brilliant. He was sixty one, and he scored a penalty in that See, game. That's a football man. Um, so he sadly died in two thousand and four. He's uh, seventy two after a long battle with Alzheimer's, and he was inducted into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame. At long last in 2015, so that that was a long time coming for me. So the article itself is just talking about Ali leaving Air United to join Motherwell, where he's joining John Haggart, who he had as his assistant during the World Cup as well. Um, Haggart had been a, a caretaker at Motherwell since Roger Hind had resigned. Um, I think Ali's only honour with Motherwell. They won the Lancashire Cup in 1981. Um, now I realise we are... This is not the first time, but we're about halfway through this. So I think we're probably going to say, could you come back another time and complete this? Absolutely. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think there's a lot that we still to get yeah, through. Yeah, for and, uh, so um, as I mentioned earlier, I think um, we are working with Back On Side um, as our charity partner for this season on the podcast. So I'm just going to read out a wee bit of information about them. It says, here in the UK, one in four people experience a mental health illness each year. Mental health includes a personal, a person's emotion, psychological and social well-being. An obvious widespread problem, yet it's estimated that only a quarter of sufferers receive ongoing treatment, leaving the majority of the UK population tackling these debilitating issues on their own. Here at Back On Side, we have recognised this ongoing dilemma and are determined to rebuild a society where no young person or adult is left tackling mental health problems alone. So they do some fantastic job. Um, you know, dealing with these things. A lot of it's through sports-related um, things as well. Um, we've worked, obviously, the, the juniors tournament that we had last year. Um, Absolutely. During the year, you know, they were a big sponsor of that and we supported them as well. So as part of this show, what we, we do is we ask, you know, we're going to provide a donate button and for every pound that you donate, you essentially get a raffle ticket, you know, an entry into a raffle. And what we'll do is we'll include... 
the magazine and the items that we've um, spoke about here, and I'll probably throw in a few extra goodies from my collection as well. So on Twitter, we'll, we'll post where that is. You go on, if you if you donate one pound, that'll be one entry. If you donate five pounds, that'll be five five entries. And what we'll do is fifty percent of that total will go straight to back on side, and the rest of it will go towards um, keeping the podcast going as well. So please support them. Um, and support us as well. So on that, I'd just like to thank everyone. Thank you, Stephen, for Thanks, it's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Thank you, Simon, yeah. for popping in. Pleasure. Um, Tom, thank you very much as well. Um, thank, you, and thank you, Andy, for running it. You're real welcome. Thank you, Andy. Yay. 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 Bravo. So, and thank you if you're listening to this, um, and if you continue to listen to the other ones, then, you know, thanks for that. Um, in the meantime, let's shoot the breeze. <laughs>